This is Patriots Playbook. The legend doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. If you lose him, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It really doesn't. Well, you've got me. What else do you need? I'd love to sit down. I'd love to sit down and just talk sports with you over a beer. But I like to have semi-intelligent conversations with people that I believe are in the know. And Eric. Now, here's your host of Patriots Playbook, John Rook. Yeah, no Eric today. That's all right. Eric's got things to do. I mean, plus he's got vacation time to take in. He's got all this stuff going on, right? I mean, you know, it's the off-season. What the hell else is there to do besides this? Welcome into the Playbook, everybody. Our March edition of Patriots Playbook here on Patriots.com Radio. My name is John Rook. How many years is this, Matt? What, what, what count are we on now? Because I think I said at the end of the regular season we were through year 20. We're actually through 21. So this is starting 22. Of this show, this correct. Is, this is the longest running radio show that I know of in 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 local existence. I don't think there's been a single show, maybe with the exception of um, was it Maddie in the morning in Boston. Uh, I mean, you know, the Hillman show, which is now on Weei as the Greg Hill show. I think he's had that going for a long while. And I know we're not terrestrial radio, but at the same time, twenty two years in one spot—that's pretty good. Just you know. We want to stay relevant, as relevant as we can possibly be anyway. Um, and, I, you know, I got questions. I, I have questions. And I put this out on social media uh, over the last 24 hours or so when I was uh, basically putting out there that we're going to do the show today because this is the last Wednesday of the month. And traditionally, for those that may be unaware, um, we do our off-season um, downtime, whatever you want to call it, version of the playbook once a month and usually on the last Wednesday of every month in the off-season until we get around to uh, Labor Day. And then, of course, we back, go back to our regular weekly schedule, you know, here on Patriots.com Radio, and we will revolve around uh, Patriots Unfiltered and anything else that we have to offer here uh, on our uh, little network. By the way, did you see where the NFL is going to potentially start streaming? Yeah, it, they're going to start a service, apparently, and I guess this is still in playing stages. I don't know if they're discussing it this week at the owners' meetings in Florida or not, which is going to be part of the discussion today. But uh, they're apparently talking about starting a streaming service for the NFL called NFL Plus. Well, that's original, right? Kind of like Paramount Plus and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and, you know, God Apple Plus. What's that? Apple Plus. Apple Plus, yeah. When are they going to start one that's called Apple Minus? Apple Divided. Something. I don't know. NFL Plus apparently is, is, a, is a real thing. Yes. Yes, a little. But that's okay. Um, and a part of NFL Plus programming will be... You ready? Drum roll, please. Local podcasts. How would you like to have Patriots Playbook and Patriots Unfiltered on NFL Plus? That would be cool, don't you think? Anything that we do could be potentially streamed on NFL Plus. That's the, how I understand it. And I got this from the trades this week. I didn't get this from anybody, you know, here at Gillette or you know anybody within the Patriots. This is from um, the uh, uh, Sports Business Journal that I got this information from this week. I'm a subscriber to it because of all of my teachings over at Dean and the sports, you know, management and marketing industries and sports communications industries. And so this it just came out that this was going to be apparently talked about by the ownership. I hope it comes to fruition because, frankly, we all know that, you know, I mean, we all use our phones for a lot of other things other than just stinking phone calls nowadays. I teach this in school. I mean, you know, this is we're all inexorably tied to these monstrosities, 
you know, mon- monstrous screens, and it's just, it's like, oh my God, I, I just, I have to sometimes throw it to get rid of it. And then it just, boom, just bounces right back to you. It's almost like there's a yo-yo string on the end of it. But this is the one thing that actually makes sense, because frankly, what do we stream mostly on our phones? What do we stream? Highlights, podcasts, right? Okay. Bingo! Hello! That's what we produce here. That's what we do. So... Uh, wouldn't it be cool to be able to get Patriots.com programming uh, on NFL Plus? Yeah, I think it would be very cool because then it would be accessible, more accessible, I think, to everybody. So, you know, they're, you know we'd have a, a Patriots day, if you will. Or I would imagine that all 32 teams would probably supply some kind of programming to the NFL Plus streaming service. What would you pay for NFL Plus to st- you know uh, a month? What would you pay? Uh, if I'm getting games, I'd go anywhere north of twenty bucks a month. If I'm not getting games, nine ninety nine. All right, but if if games are included, let's just say you could get uh, you know, for those that live out of market, and you could get you know the Patriots uh, home games. I pay twenty five bucks a month. Yeah, probably. I think people would probably be willing to pay you know nineteen ninety nine. I think would be reasonable a month during the season, and maybe a different rate during the off season. Right? I, I don't know if they would tier it like that or not. Um, I saw, believe it or not, I saw. Five bucks mentioned. So monthly, like, like four ninety nine a month. Pretty good. I, I would totally sign up for that. And I'm an employee, and I should get it for free. But I mean, I'm I'm just saying that you know I would sign up for that four ninety nine a month for all the programming. It, it, it basically one touch. Now I know that you can get at least this programming if you go to the Patriots app. We have an app that you know I know that I you've got it here on my phone. Does it work? Yeah, it still works. There it is, right there. So I hit the Patriots app, and you know, and you can get Patriots.com radio on it and all that kind of stuff. But if you go to NFL Plus, where we are, and I'm not advocating for NFL Plus over the Patriots app. Don't get me wrong here. But I think it's important for other teams and other fans to share what we do. So that way we have more educated fan base. Just like I would be interested in a podcast or a live radio show, let's say, of the Buffalo Bills or the Miami Dolphins. New York Jets? Nah, to hell with them. But the, the Bills and the Dolphins? Yeah! Especially after what they've done thus far in the offseason. I think I'd be interested in, in hearing what, you know, uh, Bills Mafia has to say. Or, you know, hearing the interview from Tyreek Hill after he signed with the Miami Dolphins. By the way, really? See, that's the first question. That's the first question I have for you guys today. Okay. 855-PATS-500. That's the toll-free telephone number. You know that what it is, but it's it's. I'll repeat it anyway. 855-PATS-500. we got a lot of guests to get to, as we normally do on the show, because I like having conversations. I don't necessarily like talking to myself, but I will talk to myself if need be. I'd rather talk to you, and I am going to talk to three very distinguished guests coming up at the program here before I get into the questions that I have, okay? Um, Mark Daniels from the Providence Journal, one of our favorite Patriots beat reporters. He's going to join us uh, in 10 minutes. We'll get his latest. We're also going to talk with Zach Cox from Nesson.com, who's become one of our, uh, basically, he's become one of our go-to local beat guys as well, right? Zach's been very kind. He was with us last month, in fact, you know, in our first off-season edition, the, uh, the February edition. And, um, and Zach is nice enough to come back again today. Uh, and so we'll get the latest from Zach and his perspective on some of the things that the Patriots may or may not be doing with free agents and or their upcoming draft picks, which just kind of gets me a little bit uh, agita just thinking about it. And the one and only Pat's Cap, 
Miguel Ben Benzan. He's going to join us uh, in the second hour of the program. Uh, how did Miguel get away from work today to join us today? Do we even know? I have the day off. He has the day off? Calling his cell, so. Lucky best. Wow. So Pat's Cap's going to join us in the second hour, and we're going to talk all things Cap. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna ask him point blank. Can we afford to do this? Can we afford to do that? What would it take to do this? What would it take to do that? Miguel's gonna help us out with that because I know Miguel can do that. All right. So that's coming up in hour two of the program today. In the meantime, I, I look. I've got questions. I know you've got questions. Nobody has freaking answers. Don't ask for answers because I don't think you're going to get them today. We, we can. I, I want to. I want to kick some things around today. I mean, we could play would you today. You know how I love to play would you during the season. Would you take this? Would you do this? Would you get that guy? You know, you know would you? So we'll play a little would you today. But at the same time, I have to admit, I, I think I have more questions today than I had yesterday before I heard Mr. Kraft at the owners' meetings down in Florida. Did you guys get a chance to hear Mr. Kraft in the owners' meetings in Florida? Uh Here's just the opening of what he had to say. I'm a Patriot fan, big time, first. And more than anything, it, it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. And I'm happy that um, we had a great, I think we had a great draft last year and it made up for what happened the previous four years or so and I look forward to hopefully having a great draft this year that's the only way you can build your team for long term and consistently that uh, you have a chance of winning is having a good draft Okay, uh, I got a lot. <laughs> that has a lot of things in it that I, that I really kind of need to, to to hit. But the first thing is when he said there at the end, "That's the only way you can build your team for long term and consistently is by having a chance of winning is to have a good draft." Is that a backhanded slap to Bill? Is that or is that towing the company line because Bill's not jumping in? You know head over heels into free agency this year. I, I'm just curious. But it caused me to ask that question when I heard Mr. Kraft say it yesterday. So I'm really wanting to know what your thoughts are about that. Are, are, you, are you more like Mr. Kraft than you thought? Are you more like Bill Belichick than you thought? In Bill, do you still trust? Not only have the Patriots not really taken a deep dive into free agency this year, but you can certainly raise some question marks about who they've brought in and, of course, who they have decided not to bring back in. I mean, J.C. Jackson, I can understand a little bit, just to get to the the, the, the crux of it here. I can understand that. going to command a huge salary. Uh, you know, I kind of thought this would happen. I guess they just feel like, um, you know, it wasn't what they wanted to earmark. You know how the Patriots operate. They have a certain amount of money set per position, and this is how they've been able to remain consistent and arguably consistently good over the years because they establish a value to a certain position. And J.C. Jackson was going to exceed that, and so he never really came into the into the interest. They're going to get a compensatory pick out of the deal, but I'm just like, wow. If somebody really wanted him that bad, we couldn't have gotten more than a third-round pick? I, I don't know. Maybe they tried, and we just don't know. The problem here is, of course, that they do everything so – 
close to the vest. You know, they hold their cards so close to the vest that we don't know what they're doing. I mean, that's their right. It's their team. They're building it. And then Shaq Mason. I mean, for a team that has to run the football, for a team that needs to run the football to keep Mac Jones upright, largely, you know, and they did a pretty good job, I thought, of running the football last year. And arguably, you're going to get away. You're going to you're, you're letting go. You trade away, maybe your best offense overall offensive lineman in Shaq Mason, and you get what for him? A fourth, fifth. What did you get for him? A ham sandwich. What'd you get? I'm just saying. Zero point, point zero. zero. I, you know, okay, you didn't get zero point zero, but you understand the point. I, I, I got to admit, I was a head scratcher for me. And when Bill was asked about that yesterday, well, we always do what's in the best interest of the football team. You know, that's what he's going to say. He says that all the time. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I got questions. I got questions, and I'm going to try to answer, you know, we'll try to talk through some of these questions with our guests today, but I, I want to know what you think, okay? First of all, uh, you know, I'm going to take it for granted you're a Patriots fan like Mr. Kraft. He says he's a Patriots fan, and we know that, but now after you've heard a little bit from Mr. Kraft yesterday, are you more like Mr. Kraft in, in, in your anticipatory senses here that this team should be maybe a little bit better off than what we've seen thus far in the offseason, or are you more like what you've always been in Bill I trust. I'm just curious. 855-PATS-500, web radio at patriots.com, the email. You know that one. By the way, Claire from the UK, she says, John and Maureen, were you guys aware you can get NFL Network stuff on the NFL Game Pass? It's a monthly, yearly cost that's on smart TVs and an app. It's like 150 pounds a year-ish. I can't do the conversion. Can you do the conversion? I don't know what that is in dollars. Anyway. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, but thank you, Claire. Uh, no, and I was not aware of that because I don't have either service. But if you do, I'd love to know where you're listening to us, okay? Patty and Aguam. Good to hear from you, Patty. How are you? What is going on, John? Sorry I didn't call in the last show. Um, work's been crazy. Life's been a little bit crazy, but uh, I'm glad to be on today. I'm glad you're with us today. I know. Life is crazy. Hey, it's March Madness for me. Now it's over. So now it's just, you know, March sadness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. And I was pulling for him. I was hoping the Friars would uh, at least make it to the Final Four so we'd have a little bit, you know, a little bit more to talk about today. Well, if the Friars had made it to the Final Four, there's a very strong chance I wouldn't be here sitting today. I'd probably be in yeah, New Orleans. Right. <laughs> I'd be in Nolens down on Bourbon Street with a hurricane in my hand, damn it! Well, it is... Hey, listen, last week I was down in Cancun with uh, tequila and my mojitos in my hand. Ooh! Vacation? Yeah, I was on vacation. I needed it, man. It's been crazy. Oh, sweet. Like I said, but uh, let's get into it, man. Um, to me, um, I, 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 got, I didn't watch the, uh, the whole craft interview. I watched like the uh, the sum up on patriots.com but I did watch the whole Bill Belichick interview and um I think the the kind of proof is in the pudding like we've seen over the past 3 or 4 years probably starting somewhere uh right around mid-season in in 2018 where yeah. this team really hadn't replenished the well by the draft mm-hmm. and um and you could see you could see the decline like and and the offense and 
and on defense. And last year, most notably on special teams. I mean, when was the last time we saw a bad special teams unit on a Bill Belichick coach team? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, I couldn't. I, I couldn't tell you. I think last year was really the outlier. Um, well, here, here's the here's the, yeah. Patty. Here's the thing. I, I, I look. I think we all realize that there's way more to shake a stick at here than we can possibly do in one show. There's so many possibilities, so many directions this 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 franchise could go, this team could go right now. I think we're all, and I won't speak for everyone, and this is why I'd like to give you know the floor to everybody here today because, quite frankly, I think that we're going to get a lot of differing opinions. But if there's one commonality. Over what we're do, over what's transpired thus far is, is that there is a pervading feeling, and I got this very sense from Mr. Kraft yesterday in listening to his interview, and that's why we paid the played the first portion of it for you here today, in case you missed it. I got the pervading feeling that he's also a little bit itchy. He's also a little bit antsy here. You've got both the Buffalo Bills who went out and got Von Miller, and the Miami Dolphins who went out and got Tyreek Hill, who have blown by you in the offseason so far. Now. Bill Belichick is 100% right when he says, well, last I checked the schedule, uh, we don't play any games in March. No, we don't. <laughs> and, and teams generally do get built through the draft, and that's still a month away. But let's face it, okay? If the other teams are getting significant playmakers and you're standing pat, that's two less significant playmakers that can come to your side and two more guys that can go to the other side that you have to play twice during the year. And so I would say advantage opponent in this in this case just from the sheer numbers fact of it. Now, does that mean the Patriots won't figure out a way to, to bounce back? No, it certainly doesn't mean that. But I don't like the way things have started, and I got the sense yesterday from Robert Kraft, he doesn't either. What do you yeah, think about that? Um, yeah, um, I mean that's that's pretty much on point, and it's kind of like what I was getting into too. I mean, you know, it to me it, it does all stem back to like them not drafting well over the past few years, and he even said it. I think to open up uh, the interview to that, you know, last year uh, the twenty twenty one draft was was a hit. You know, they they nailed it out of the park, and. The, the previous three or four, I mean, they were they were crap. Let's face it. I mean, we got a few good players here and there, like Kyle Duggar, um, Michael Orlando, you know, just to name a couple guys. But um, to me, it might, and, and like you said, you're wondering if, if kind of Belichick was kind of telling the company line. Maybe, maybe he he went to Kraft and said, "Hey, I'm thinking of signing this guy, and you know, mm-hmm. this is what he's looking for, and can we can we spend the money?" Mm-hmm. They. Well, I'd, maybe I'd like to spend the money, and but you know we we just spent a lot of money last year, though. What do we? Doing? Well, yeah, and, and see. I understand that. I mean, they did spend a lot of money, and I think it was a surprise. It shocked all of us, right? I mean, let's be truthful here. Right. It stunned all of us. And we also know that the cap is going to rise significantly next year. This is a subject we'll get into with uh, Miguel in the next hour. But we know for a fact that it's going to rise next year. It's going to rise for a lot of teams, but it's certainly going to rise significantly for the Patriots. So they're going to have a lot of cap space. Now, um, what do they do with it? And, and can they be competitive with what other teams want to do with their newly found, you know, cap space, if you will. And, and, and so I'm just kind of like, well, everybody's going to have a little extra room next year because the entire cap, the entire ceiling is going to rise next year. So because of that, shouldn't you at least take an incremental step 
toward that level by continuing to build this year rather than just staying flat? Yeah, it, to me, that it's a little bit. I, I I don't know how to how to best put it into words, but I'll, I'll just I'll kind of give you my my thoughts and my idea on it. And uh, I mean, maybe Bill looks at what's going on, like the the salaries that have been dished out. The cap's going up, but look at how how far like the wide receivers, the quarterback salaries, like the top end guys, how their salaries have escalated. Like this this is past off season. Yeah, I don't think like, anybody was friendly with Jimmy Haslam this week. You know, and the Cleveland Browns no. over over the whole. You know, I mean, like good lord of mercy, I would imagine that he was persona non grata. So. Yeah, and, and um, Christian Kirk, I think that's what kind of kicked it off. I think like guys like Adams and Tyreek Hill saw what, what he was getting and said, holy crap, if he's getting that, then I must be worth like X yeah. amount. I must be worth like 20, 20, at least $25 million a year. Right, and so you don't want to get caught up in that. You, the Patriots don't want to get caught up in that, and that actually is admirable to have that kind of fiscal sanity still about you, right? And, and But at the same right. time, like I just said, when you're two opponents who you know you're going to have to beat in order to get to where you want to go, when they improve themselves uh, by leaps and bounds here, one team on the defense, the other one on the offense, okay, I mean, are you backed into a corner? Should you be making a move? Can you make a move? I mean, I don't know. Is this time not to panic? I'm just kind of wondering where everybody stands on this. I'm not hitting the I think he just did hit the panic button. I think he just hit the panic button. <laughs> His very words were, I'm not going to hit the panic button, and then all of a sudden he hit the panic button. <laughs> God, that could not have been more perfect. <laughs> God. Oh, I love you, buddy. I absolutely love it. That's hysterical. Oh my goodness! All right, um, if he calls back, we'll put him. We'll put him right back on. What a good, oh my god, that was hilarious. Uh, Mark Daniels covers the Patriots, of course, for the Providence Journal, uh, and we're happy to have him here on the program today, here in the playbook. Hey, Mark, before I get to the to football matters as well, uh, did you enjoy yourself covering college basketball over the last couple of weeks? <laughs> I always, I always enjoy a trip to Chicago. I had some. Keep dish pizza, you know, it was, it right? was a good trip. Um, I'd say the flight down was better than the flight back, as you know. Um, yeah. I got a, um, the delay was, was tough on my uh, back and joints. I'm not as young as I used to be. What did yeah, you think? I, was, what did you think well, of the, the fans and the, and the donors and some of the media flying on the, uh, the Patriots plane out to Chicago and then back home from Chicago? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was on those. Um, I know I saw you on the way back. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was an interesting experience. I, I do wonder how much nicer plane number one for the past hours. You know, we were on plane number two, but um, <laughs> it was fun. You know, I, I really I really enjoyed it. I really I had fun writing about it. I put up some videos and stuff online. It's a wonderful gesture by by the Crafts and the Patriots. But that's the exact question that Miss Robin asked as well. She said, "What if this is plane number two? What's plane number one like?" <laughs> And I said, uh, let's just say the the seats are probably conditioned a little differently for guys who are six foot seven and three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, you, you know what though? I've never flown charter before, so you know I kind of felt like a rock star a little bit walking up those big stairs, getting on sure. the plane. You know, it's the security process is really easily. You know, it's for sure. a VIP process. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take more of those. Hey, you can understand how uh, addicting uh, you know flying charter can really be, right? 
Yeah, I can, it's, I can only imagine the people who have enough money to fly private. I mean, they must be on top of the world. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to get on JetBlue with TVs, so <laughs> it doesn't take much to impress me. Right. Well, fortunately for for Providence, being a you know in a in a high major league and a high major program, they they charter everywhere. It's rare. It's rare nowadays that they fly commercial anywhere. Maybe you know, on a whim, if it's if it's less expensive. Of course, I don't think anything flight wise is going to be less expensive nowadays. But in, back in the day, as recently as two three years ago, before the pandemic hit, you could fly to Philadelphia or you could fly to Washington D.C. primarily for probably under a hundred bucks a head. That's actually going to be cheaper than chartering an airplane. So we would just grab tickets and we would just, you know, fly as a team just like old school days and we all fly commercially. But now that's not necessarily the case. And, of course, you can imagine where costs are going to go in the next few years with the way fuel costs are going through the freaking roof, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good good life, man. I, you know, it um, must be good to be a big-time college basketball or NFL player. Sure, sure. Why not? So we, we have tons of questions, Mark. I, I know you don't necessarily have – answers for that but as someone who covers this team did did you think anything out of the ordinary by what mr Kraft had to say yesterday when he got cornered at the nfl owners meetings in in florida and did you were you able to read between the lines and how did you interpret what he had to say sure i mean one i I enjoyed the honesty about their draft classes being poor the previous four or five years because they were and and frankly the Pats have had sort of an issue drafting i'd say Following 2014, you know, look at those classes, really underwhelming. Um, their draft, their best draft picks prior to last year, probably Joe Tooney, you know, Jake Bailey, Juwan Bentley. They just really, there were just so many misses in the early rounds. And they also didn't, they didn't have a lot of first round picks, but when they did, they just, they just seemed to miss, you know. I mean, Juwan Williams in the second, Duke Dawson in the second, Nikhil Harry in the first, Cyrus Jones in the second, so on and so forth. It, it was nice to hear him say, you know, we, we got it right. And that's sort of our, our path to success. Of course, he's also saying that because the team's not spending money. You know, they're not spending any money in free agency. That's why they've only signed what four external free agents, really low money type deals, low you know high reward but low risk. Um, so part of it was like you know I, I enjoy him saying that, but yeah, you have to get it right. But it's also putting a lot of pressure on Bill Belichick. Right? Yeah. Like he's like, I'm unhappy that we haven't won a playoff game in, in three years. So of course, he's had a lot more success than anyone else in the NFL, but. All right, so the pressure's on. You know, the Pats made it to the playoffs last year after going 7-9 the year before. The question is, can they make a run in the AFC? Well, right now they don't have J.C. Jackson. They lost both starting guards. And, you know, in, in terms of what they've got going on veteran-wise, it seems like they're falling falling behind other AFC teams. So I took it as a bit of honesty, but I think there's also maybe maybe an excuse built in there as to why they're not spending money in free agency. I thought they would have made a little bit of a splash, like at least bigger than they have, mm-hmm. other than, you know, signing Malcolm Butler and then Jabril Peppers. So it's interesting, yeah, but it's like, yeah, sure, if they get it right in the NFL draft and they, they bring in a starting caliber guard, cornerback, linebacker, yeah, they'll be, they'll be moving and things will be look good. But, I mean, let's be honest, how many times do you go into a draft and you hit on your first four rounds? You know, it's such a crapshoot. It is. The, the Pats and other NFL teams, they don't know. They're evaluating college prospects who play against other college prospects in systems that differ from their own, which is why it's a crapshoot. So it, it's great to hear that they want to get it right, but, you know, it's one of those things. They say, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll believe it when we see it, you know, because if you come out of a draft with just, say, two starters, it's a good draft. Yeah, so, you know. right. Two starters, and it's a good draft, and the Patriots need, like, four or five. 
basically. Now that they've, you know, they, they passed up on, you know, they traded away Shaq Mason and they, you know, decided not to, uh, you know, go after re-sign Jay-Z Jackson. So, I mean, there's two key starters right there. Plus, I think on top of all of that, you, you've, you've assigned so much money to a couple of other positions, most notably tight end from a year ago where you have the top two, you know, most expensive contracts at tight end. One guy produced pretty well. The other guy hasn't produced really yet at all. And so I wonder if that alone might make them a little gun shy over making some of these moves that we're all kind of wondering if they're ever going to make. Yeah, and, and I bet that, you know, they're, they're hoping that guys like Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar take a step up, and other guys like Connor Henry, you know, Matt Judon, Kendrick Bourne, Jalen Mills all get better because that's really the key. The key for this year's Patriots is for their young players and those new free agent signings all to get better. They need everyone to improve, right? Matt Jones has to take a step. You want, you you know, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne to be better. John Smith has to be better. He's one of your highest paid offensive players. Right. I mean, the same goes for Aguilar. Obviously, he's going to make, what, 10 or 11 million this year. You want to see those guys take a step forward. But you also need to develop some of the younger guys that, you know, you haven't in the past. You know, for example, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, what do you have from them? Um, Michael Wendt is a question mark to me because they tried to start him at guard and then they moved him to tackle. I thought he looked better at tackle. Now, people are sort of penciling him in at guard, and I understand why. But, like, his play on the field, has, to me, has indicated he's better suited at that. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but... Yeah, there's just a lot of question marks. And one thing that's worried me about the team over the last three, four years is what's going on with the linebacker position. Like guys like Chase Winovich, just, you know, you're not developing people like you used to back in the day when you had, you know, Jamie Collins and Gerard Mayo, Brandon Spikes, Dante Hightower. It felt for like a period every time they draft a linebacker in the first, you know, one to three rounds, they would develop them. Then all of a sudden you have like second round, third round picks like Chase Winovich, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, even Ronnie Perkins last year, he didn't play at all. Like what's going on there, and where where are they failing? You know where they used to succeed, and I think they need to figure it out. You know, you have Cameron McGrone, another young guy coming up, um, Raekwon McMillan, Jelani Tavares back. But you're gonna have to hit on some of these younger guys sooner or later. Yeah. You definitely are. Mark Daniels, covering the Pats for the Providence Journal, joining us here in the playbook. Mark, what was your take um, from um, Bill Belichick's talk as well, where he uh, largely. Uh, talked about you know how it's not really important to assign titles or assign specific job duties that struck me as one thing and one thing only cost savings yeah yeah i agree i agree with you there i think i think that's what it's all about um the patriots will have an offensive play caller and a quarterback coach even if they don't name one but i get what he's saying i think he said like you know i'm not big into titles but i'm big into jobs or something like They'll have it, but you're right. You know, Joe Judge, who I believe will be coaching quarterbacks, doesn't have the title because he'll be getting paid by the New York Giants. And mm-hmm. Just give him, slap him the offensive assistant. It saves some money, um, you know, somewhere in the organization, and there you go. Matt Patricia's another one. I mean, my biggest takeaway is that it's clear that Matt Patricia's moving to the offensive side of the ball, and obviously Joe Judge is as well. It's interesting. I mean, Bill Belichick's putting a lot of faith in two guys who don't have a ton of experience. Now, Joe Judge spent one year in Foxborough coaching receivers. And the receiver to quarterback jump isn't actually, uh, that's not shocking to me because that's what Bill O'Brien did. And I want to say that's what um, Mick Lombardi has done something similar to, or he's coached both quarterbacks and receivers. Mm-hmm. And again, Bill O'Brien did it. So there's a precedent sent there that, all right, yeah, if we see someone who can coach receivers well, maybe he can coach quarterbacks. But Matt Patricia, he's, he's, he's the big question mark for me. I mean, he's, he's with Bill Belichick today in Tuscaloosa at the Alabama Pro Day. I think there's a, 
people think Matt Patricia will be involved in the offensive line, but I do wonder about that because I kind of think the offensive line coach is going to be Billy Yates, who Patricia brought over from Detroit. So who knows what's going to happen? I, I mean, you know, is Patricia going to be the offensive play caller? Is it going to be Joe Judge, Nick Cayley? That's the big thing. We're not going to learn that until probably this summer. But, yeah, it's uh, sort of interesting times in Foxborough with all that stuff. Yeah, and, and to me, I think the most amusing aspect of it is is the whole sleight of hand. I mean, you know, everybody wants an answer. Everybody's panicking over not getting an answer, and Bill's just being Bill. You know, he's, he's, he's being coy to the point of, you know, being, you know, jerky jerky boy about it. And and in all honesty, you got to take a step back from it because this is the way he's always been. He's been this way for the last 21 years. And I that's why I really thought Mr. Kraft's statements yesterday were uh tuesday were odd not unexpected but out of character because i definitely sense frustration in his voice and i'm just like wow so if the patriots don't take a positive step forward and to that end you know i look i'll say it unless they you know make the playoffs and do decidedly better than what they showed in the playoffs this year we're we're going to have ourselves for the first time in a long while uh, a real challenging situation i think within patriots hierarchy and, and the key for the patriots too it really comes down to mac jones because you found a rookie quarterback who's your starter the key is to develop him right you, you know he'll be here for after you drop him for five years. So you got four more seasons with Mac Jones. How do right. you build up the team around him? How do you build up the offense around him? But like getting the coaching around him right is is huge. You need, a, you need a coach who will help him develop and get better. And, I mean, the scary thing about Joe Judge is that when he went to the Giants, like, you know, Daniel Jones didn't get better. He got worse. And now you could say it's maybe it's just more on Daniel Jones and the coaching. And also the Giants had a ton of injuries on offense, at receiver, tight end, running back. It was sort of a dumpster fire there. But – you know, it's just a big unknown putting, you know, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia in charge of the offense. We have a young guy who's really the future of your franchise because even though Mac Jones, in my opinion, and statistically had one of the best seasons ever for a rookie quarterback in NFL history, it doesn't necessarily mean he'll be, you know, the GOAT or, you know, MVP candidate. A lot has to go right. And you can look at someone like Baker Mayfield because he had a great rookie season. If you look at his numbers, he was really solid as a rookie, but he didn't get better. You know, I remember like Mark Sanchez and he like beat the Patriots back in the day. Like Mark Sanchez didn't get better. Right. So like then look at Josh Allen in Buffalo. He wasn't a good rookie quarterback and he was sort of average his second year, but he developed into an MVP candidate. Now Buffalo surrounded him with veteran receivers and Stefan Diggs and Buffalo built that up right. Can the Pats do the same with Mac Jones? It mm-hmm. starts with coaching, but also personnel around him. So yeah, there's a lot riding on um, I'd say this season and the next couple. What was your uh, what are your thoughts on some of the guys that they have signed thus far? And of course, the latest one was Jabril Peppers. I mean, here the, the Patriots need cornerbacks apparently, and they're going out and they're getting safeties. But it, apparently, you know, these are guys that could be you know hybrids. You know, whether or not they could play a little corner, maybe a little safety, maybe a little outside linebacker. Who knows? But just kind of curious, your thoughts on the signings that they have made. I love Jabril Peppers um, because I don't think he's just a safety anymore. Actually, last year when he played for Joe Judge. He played six games before the knee injury. Right. He actually mainly lined up at slot cornerback and then as a linebacker more than safety. In the previous year, I would say it was as a linebacker more than safety. And he also lined up outside corner, slot corner. So with Jabril, Jabril Peppers, I see someone that perhaps put in the box, can back up Jonathan Jones, play everywhere. And I think that's sort of what they're going to do. You'll see three safety sets, but they'll use Adrian Peterson or Kyle Duggar like a linebacker, just like Jabril Peppers. And we know the Pats defense needs to add more speed. And Jabril Peppers run like a four-four-five in, in college in his 40s. So if he's healthy, he'll add that. And I think he's a versatile chess piece. And that's the type of player you need. 
Um, I love the Malcolm Butler signing for a lot of obvious reasons. It's a mm-hmm. great story. But he's he's a good cornerback. Um, if it works out, it'll be just a great sort of redemption arc for him in New England. He was a good quarterback. Cornerback, he yeah, was, yeah. and then and then he 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 faded clearly in his last year or two there in Tennessee to the point where he sat out of football last year. Yeah, I think honestly, I think that was that was a personal thing going on with him and his okay. family. I know the reason hasn't been announced, but the Cardinals said it was personal with him. So yeah, can Malcolm Butler get back to form? It's one of those things they could work out great, but it's another thing where he could you know get cut. So. I, I like it on paper with Mac Wilson. We'll see. For me, it just feels like the Pats defensively are moving towards a team that'll be more zone based, and that sort of, in my opinion, negates the need for a strong number one man on man cornerback. And maybe they see the NFL changing and getting so fast in offense. They say, you know what, we're going to play uh, zone coverage. We're going to get our best athletes on the field, regardless if they're a linebacker, cornerback, safety. And maybe that's where they, where they headed. You know, um, offense is just a giant mystery. Um, Ty Montgomery, core special teamer, had 10 special teams tackled. Looks like a replacement to Brandon Bolden for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. You know, I think we'll see some stuff in the draft of the past in terms of adding a guard, maybe tackle, receiver. But, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Not, not a lot of moves, but I do like Jabril Peppers. I think that could pay off for the Patriots. Final question then for you. The owners obviously, uh, you know, also talk about rule changes every year. And the overtime rule change, at least for the playoffs, uh, changed yesterday do you like that or do you dislike that um, i'm fine with it I, you know i, I don't know if everyone's going to complain no matter what happens to the overtime rule there's a part of me that just wishes they would put a time on the clock you know whatever it is seven minutes do a half period give each team a timeout and let them play at the end of the whistle you know like the sudden death stuff in sports is just really hard especially with an, the nfl i i get not wanting to put too much stock into the coin flip, but there was also something called defense. You know, I yeah. know the Chiefs made a big deal out of it when they lost to the Pats in the AFC title game, but like right. the Pats converted three third and tens in a row. Like, give me a break. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. It, it's tough. There's a part of me that wishes it would be more simple, put a time on the clock and let teams play for whatever it is, but that's never going to happen, I guess. It, so I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what I mean? Whatever. I, the, but changing the rule only for the playoffs rubs me the wrong way. Just make one rule. Make yeah. it for, you know, Thank you. Regular season in the playoffs. Thank you. Do that. Thank you. Sort of where I stand. Thank you. I don't think you should do something different for the playoffs just because, right. you know, oh, we're trying to compromise here. No, it should be one way or the other and just play by those rules. And frankly, I hate a rule that de-emphasizes defense. I mean, I know the game is all about offense. It's all about points. It's all about eyeballs on TV sets and butts in seats. And I, I get all of that. But at the same time, you have to be able to stop them. And so that's why the last couple of years where, you know, a team hasn't gotten a chance because the defense couldn't stop them, I don't blame on the rules. I blame on the team for not stopping them. And, and that's the way it should be. That's football. And that's just taken away from the basic nature of football in this regard. Yeah, it's just, there's no perfect solution to it. You know, you know, at the end of the day, don't rely. It's like I, I'm a big fan of MMA and the UFC, and people sometimes complain about the judges and the decisions. Well, don't rely on the judges. Knock the guy out or submit him. You know, in the NFL, don't complain about overtime. Just beat him in regular. You know, beat him in, right. beat him in regulation. You right. Know, don't beat him don't in risk yeah. the, the coin flip or anything like that. Well, the, the one way that you could do this is, you, you know, certainly, and I wouldn't have a problem with this if they wanted to take this to the regular season, okay? Give each team a possession, okay? Obviously, the team that outscores the other is going to win the game, but give them the extra possession until somebody scores. And in effect, that's kind of what we had before anyway when you had sudden death, isn't it? It's just that there's no clock on it. Yeah, it just people are going to complain regardless with, with the OT stuff, though. So. 
Well, yeah, you know what I mean. It's, I, I just, Bill, as Bill Belichick would say, it is what it is. Yeah, and I just, I just hate the gimmicky stuff. You know, it just takes away from you know what football really is. It's almost like it's the you know soccerification, you know, or hockeyfication of football. Don't do that. We don't need shootouts. You know, we don't need golden goals. Play until somebody wins or drops dead. That's what we want. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. All right. Well, maybe we agree on that one anyway. Hey, Mark, thank you. Really appreciate the time uh, and appreciate the opportunity to chit-chat a little football with you. And thank you for the uh, the, the, the basketball coverage over the last couple of weeks because it, uh, it was an exciting time, at least in, in Rhode Island, to be a basketball fan. So it's pretty cool that we, we all get a chance to experience a little of that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun and my pleasure. You got it. Talk to you soon. Mark Daniels uh, from the Providence Journal covering the Patriots. He's uh, at Mark Daniels PJ. For Providence Journal. That's where you find him on Twitter. Uh, he is a regular contributor here on the program throughout the course of the regular season. Wanted to bring him on at least once during the offseason as we're going to try to check in with all of our beat reporters that we have, you know, uh, contacts with and arrangements with and, and, and uh, you know, relationships with, really, to touch in with them at some point in time during the offseason so we can kind of get their take, get their feel, get their temperature check on what's going on and uh, Mark had a story, in fact, in the journal today, not only on uh, Jabril Peppers, but uh, also on uh, Mr. Kraft and what Mr. Kraft had to say, uh, you know, at the owners' meetings yesterday. And I'm like, hey, perfect timing, right? Uh, and, of course, in the next hour, we're going to get to um, uh, Zach Cox uh, coming up in just a few minutes as well from Nesson.com, get his thoughts on some of the similar situations as well. And then in hour number two, it will be the one and only Pat's cap. Uh, but it looks to me like we have Claire in the U.K. on the line. Hi, Claire. Hey, John. Hey, Marie. Hey, girl. What's happening? How are you? <laughs> I am so tired. Why? <laughs> From what? Working what have you been doing? So hard. It's Work is hard? Working so hard. Oh. Well, tell me about it. I do. I'll be like, my you know, Dr. Fraser Crane. I'm listening. Okay. okay. I'll sit down. Mm-hmm. I have, like, my day job, obviously, and mm-hmm. then I have my own podcast once every two weeks. Yeah. And now I'm a guest on a podcast once a week. And right. I do the co-hosting thing on that one page. It's like on YouTube now, and that's once a week. So you're telling me that your side hustle is becoming a little bit more than you bargained for. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love every second of it. But I am well, really but, today. <laughs> but you wouldn't be asked, Claire, to participate if you weren't contributing something worthwhile that people wanted to listen to. Now, would you? I hadn't thought about it like that, I suppose. Well, but that's the truth. Why do people listen to podcasts? A, because they're entertained. B, or maybe 1A, because they want to be informed about whatever their favorite topic or subject is, right? That's why people listen to this show, because they want to talk football, and they certainly want to talk mm-hmm. specifics about the Patriots, right? And that's why they would listen to your shows and any of the other shows that you appear on, because they want to get you know different takes and different opinions uh, on, on what the Patriots are doing or they're not doing, right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It is. Sometimes, though, we, we just we don't have near as much to talk about. Sometimes, like right now, this is sort of a dead time of year, and we're going to really hit a, a dead time of the year probably in, in late May to early June after OTAs are done, and then we have that, that dead month before, you know, uh, summer camp starts. But we still got a ways to go. First of all, you got a football team to build here. And so that's kind of where we are. We're trying to start thinking about this this whole building process, which is why I thought Mr. Kraft's comments, you know, yesterday and, and, and what Bill Belichick had to say, you know, yesterday were interesting to the point of I'm not sure 
these guys are really on the same page. I mean, I you know, I, I think they're being you know cordial toward each other. I think they're being respectful to each other. I think Mr. Kraft certainly is giving uh, you know Coach Bill the benefit of the doubt after 21, 22 years now because he certainly earned that with six Super Bowl championships. But I think there's a little frustration there when he says, "Hey, I'm a Patriot fan." And more than anything, it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. Whoa, I, that that one that one pulled me down a little bit. I'm like, dang. So you know, it tells me that you know there's there's more than just a little bit of pressure on here to come through, whether it's through the draft or you know through trades or whatever they're going to do and trying to build this team. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, to me, Bill isn't setting up like to fail. He's of course he's trying to succeed. I mean. He's, different now he had the same partner in Brady for like 20 years mm-hmm. and he's theoretically into like he's year two now like with Mac and stuff so it feels like there's a lot to sort out I mean the Mason thing is the one thing that I had an issue with I was unhappy I kind of that was my question I was I was questioning Bill's kind of actions in that I mean ultimately I know it's kind of all to do with cap and cash but it was like you've got one of the top offensive line guys in the whole league mm-hmm. and you need an offensive line when you've got well you need an offensive line anyway but especially when you've got a developing rookie so I've got to say that that's the one thing that he did that I was really like what but I mean Bill knows how to do this job and I don't so right. kind of who am I to question right. in a way sort of thing right well, uh, how do you kind of view what's what, what this team has done, or in other words, hasn't done, over the course of the last several weeks that's seen Buffalo take a step to get better on defense, and certainly the Dolphins take a, several steps to get better on offense? How did that How did that bother you, or did it bother you? I think it, it's more to do with, I think the things that bothered me more at this time, because there's still so much to go, there's still the draft, there's still the, you know, the revolving doors of kind of like pre-season and practice and stuff where guys come in and they go out and they get signed and they leave after a few days and stuff like this. Because there's so much of that still to come, it's more what they've done in regards to letting Jack Mason go and not looking at a deal for Karis. The things that, at this moment, the ones that bother me the most. That That's what gets me the most now. Mm-hmm. Now, come back to me kind of, like you said, in, in June time, in July time, and see what sort of happened at the draft and, and what this rotation is when, when they've got guys coming in and out like for days and stuff like that. And I think that's when it might be more key because I think there's still going to be plenty of movement after the draft in veterans. And I think that might be, there might be this, this other peak of significant time of, them coming in and out sort of thing. I mean, it's still puzzling as a fan to look and think, you know, why why are they letting other teams take these big names? But then you look at, like you said, last year, and they spent so much money last year that I wasn't expecting a free agency frenzy this year. I yep. was expecting like a very sedate. Yeah, and and truthfully, I I was the same way, Claire. Truthfully, I was the same way. I didn't really expect them to go after anybody, but when you start to hear these names and they start to go to other teams that you got to play twice, I'm like going, wow, is there going to be a response here? But those names are always going to go to other teams, and so there's always going to be names going to other teams. So not every you can't have all the names going to just your team sort of thing. So there's always going to be an element of that of. Why did they let him go there? Well, he's got to go somewhere. They can't all come here. But I suppose at the moment, fans are a little bit like, yeah, but you're not 
you're not bringing anybody here kind of really except a very although very versatile safety so that that's an interesting one um in peppers so that's that's one that's kind of caught my eye oh very versatile guy that's interesting but it's not really addressing the the kind of the big you know the big gaps that that they had going into the off season mm-hmm. in regards to sort of linebacker cornerback because we all kind of it was we were all suspicious that that JC wasn't going to stay because he he wanted too much money or they yeah we can't yeah yeah, yeah I think so, right right but when it actually happens though it still kind of strikes you like a slap across the face doesn't it you think it's like oh but he's a he's a good player why have you let him go but I think. To be honest, I was expecting it that much that I it, it didn't it didn't affect me just because I was expecting it so much. Uh, I didn't see Bill didn't pay Gilmore. I didn't really see him paying Jackson. I just I don't know my personal my own personal opinion. I was just like when it happened, it was like wow, that's a bit of a shame. He's a good guy, but that's that's kind of what Bill how Bill works. So that that was kind of going to happen. So I was expecting going into this you know this off season needing a cornerback and then there's the potential needing linebacker, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was what he did on the O-line that surprised me, not to repeat myself, but it was the Mason, the Ted Karras thing that caught me more simply yeah. because when we ended last season, it was like, I like this O-line. Okay, it wasn't perfect. None of the team was perfect, but it was a good O-line, really good, decent O-line. Right. Let's, you know, carry that on to the next season, i.e. this season come in. And it was like, wait, you've just, partially decimated it why have you partially decimated it you already you kind of already had it yeah you needed to re-sign Karras and I know that it was like that's money and you've got to look at that but it wasn't a, it, it didn't sound too significant obviously I don't know the numbers like you said Miguel's better at that but Karras seemed a bit like okay he wanted a bit more money than you thought he was worth fair enough you, you've got your you know you've got your centre in regards to Andrews Karras was a brilliant backup and he was you know he was a good offensive lineman but mm-hmm. I could see why the Mason thing again, as I said, not to repeat myself. That's the thing that, that surprised me. It was like you didn't. I don't see why you needed to make that hole. I know people will say many, but it still feels like you made a hole that you really didn't need to make. Yeah, Maybe you could have kicked the can down the road a bit with his contract or right. moved a few things around, perhaps because he was such a good offensive lineman. Right, and and, and he wasn't a free agent, so you didn't need to let him go. You didn't need to give him this big thing to make him stay. Right, you. You just needed to pay him, you know, what he was what he was earning, and yeah, you might have needed to shuffle that around a bit. But that's that's the one that's really stuck in my core. It isn't anything else at the moment. That's the, that's the one thing I feel like I would challenge if if I could ask him. The other things I can sort of rationalise and I can sort of see as a fan, and like I said, Bill knows way better than me. It's just that one little thing that you look and think he's such a, he's such a good yeah. guard, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly that that's that's a really good assessment, Claire. Which is why a lot of people like to to listen to your podcast when you're a guest and such. I think that's that's actually a really good way because Karras was a part of that that glue on that offensive line. Quite frankly, that uh, I think a lot of people attributed to the improvement of the team last year before they hit the little skid at the end of the year. But they all attributed largely, from what I was reading, to Karras's presence, and then for the team to sort of undervalue. Um, based on what we thought, what his real worth was by allowing him to just leave like that, I, that did also catch me a little bit by surprise. Uh, that's a pretty good assessment there. Zach Cox, Claire, thank you. And Zach Cox covers the Patriots, of course, for Nesson, New England Sports Network, and Nesson.com. And Zach joins us here in the playbook. I'm kind of curious, Zach, 
as to what you thought of that. Because really, when uh, and, and I thought Claire uh, from the UK brought up a, a really good point here, that the one move that really kind of was puzzling thus far of all the moves that have been made or non-moves that have been made was Ted Karras because he was given so much credit for solidifying that offensive line as a unit last year and then all of a sudden basically soft-pedaling him like, you know, well, it was what we did for the best interest of the football team. Did you find that odd as all at all as well? I did find odd the the I guess the circumstances that preceded that because there were reports that the Patriots offered Karras I believe it was three years fifteen million and then actually lowered their offer to three years thirteen million uh, and then he ends up getting three years eighteen million from from Cincinnati I, I'm not shocked that he ended up getting more money elsewhere than the Patriots were willing to pay because he did have a very good season. It was weird to me that if if that's accurate, it shows that they really didn't value him all that much, even though I agree that he was a, a very important part of that Patriots offensive line, really kind of a, a stabilizing force in there after their really rough start. Yeah, that's uh, a head scratcher. Yeah, it's one of yeah, it's one of several moves this offseason that just kind of seems to have put the team backward rather than forward. Well, uh, let, then let's let's start with that direction. Then what else do you feel like was sort of uh, unpatriot like? Let's put it that way, in their moves. I mean, I'll give you another real easy one. I, I'm surprised they let go of Shaq Mason as easily as they did. Yeah, I was surprised that they were only able to get the, the low draft pick that they were able to get, uh, fifth rounder, I believe, for Mason. Then um, you did see some of the other moves, the other trades around the league where kind of star caliber players were going for very little draft compensation. So maybe that's just kind of what the market was looking like nowadays, but uh, overall, I think you just you look at this Patriots roster, and you can't say that it's better now than it was at the end of the season, and it ha- and it's had some significant holes at the end of the season. So it, it, it's just obviously it's not a finished product yet. There's going to be the draft. There, there will still be some more signings, potentially a trade coming up. Uh, we'll see. You, there's still several months before the start of the season, but to be sitting here now, basically more than two weeks into free agency. Uh, and say, yeah, the the team has made some moves. Uh, I think overall it's been a a pretty traditional Patriots offseason just in terms of, of the no-splash moves and kind of grabbing a couple of these second, third-tier guys. But the roster is, is undoubtedly weaker now than it was at the end of the regular season. And even in the season, that was only a, a 10-win playoff roster. That was not a championship roster. So uh, to get to that point, uh, after what we've seen so far, I think it's going to be a pretty steep climb. Just curious, though, why you think maybe, I mean, based on what you, you know of this team, and you've covered this team as, as long as, as several others around here, so uh, why this tact is being taken. I mean, Bill Belichick is certainly correct when he says, you know, we don't have any games to play for a while. You know, the schedule wasn't won or lost in March, you know, before you even get to the draft. But at the same time, when you see Buffalo make a move like going out and, and getting Von Miller, and you see, you know, Miami make a move like obtaining Tyreek Hill, you know, to make it a little bit easier, I guess, for, you know, Tua Tagovailoa to, you know, find his targets across the middle or wherever you're going to, you know, find his targets. I mean, frankly, that seems to be uh, a, a huge boost for both sides. And it directly strikes at the Patriots, certainly from the fact that they've got to play each of those teams twice next year, and they had a hard time beating either one of them the first time around. So you've taken a little bit of a step back, if anything, and the other teams have taken a step forward. I just, I'm, I'm having it's, it's, it's head scratching time around here. 
Yeah, and you can even add in some of the other kind of AFC contenders uh, between Denver and Cleveland and the Chargers and the, the Raiders. Uh, you can point to a half dozen or more teams around the AFC that have gotten seemingly substantially better this offseason, uh, and the Patriots, again, have not done that. I think they've actually regressed a little bit. It, it's kind of a, it's a tough debate because this is what the Patriots do. This is, in, in a lot of ways, kind of, back to Bill Belichick's traditional playbook, uh, whereas last offseason uh, and then 2017 where they went out and got Stephon Gilmore, those are really the outliers. Uh, you, you don't usually see the Patriots go out and spend big money in free agency, bring in big names in free agency. And right. uh, According to a lot of the reports out there, that was basically what they were doing this year. They were putting out some offers saying, hey, here's our offer. If you don't get what you want somewhere else, come back. This is our offer here. Then you can take it if you want. And that so far just has not really been that successful. So it's kind of, you do have to give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt to an extent, uh, as Robert Kraft was talking about the other day, just because he does have the track record. He has all the Super Bowls. He's proven that he can do this. But when you don't have Tom Brady in there as kind of a, uh, a crutch to, to sort of soothe some of the other roster holes, and when you see how much better seemingly most of the rest of the AFC has gotten this year, I think it's a dangerous strategy to, to kind of say, all right, we're going to go back to what we were doing before, what worked for so long. It'll work again in this kind of new age and this new era. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I mean, Bill Belichick, I, I, again, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's a, it's a dicey strategy, I think, this year. Well, let's couple with that now the fact that you're, you're being closed mouth on how you're going to delineate duties on the coaching staff and you're not willing yeah. to assign a, a coordinator here or a coach there. And I think we all realize that probably has a lot to do with money more than anything else because with money, you know, with title comes money, that kind of thing. But at the same time, it just adds to the confusion. And I think that's why it's added to the early season angst and why we're getting the reaction of, well, it's just March and you don't play football games in March. But at the same time, these people aren't stupid. Bill's not stupid. Yeah. Mr. Kraft's not stupid. They understand how this game is played. And there is a certain intrinsic public relations value that needs to be met here. And so far, it's not being met. And so that's why we have the reaction that we have. And that's why people are, are, are hitting on them the way that they are. Yeah, it certainly adds to the uh, the level of uncertainty. And uh, obviously, the Patriots have operated like this before. They've had success without named coordinators. Uh, I do think that as long as things are clearly delineated behind the scenes to the players and the rest of the coaches, I think that's potentially less a, of a big deal. But I just I look at this offensive staff, and even if they don't have a named offensive coordinator, that doesn't really matter as much to me as the fact that they basically have a collection of coaches who have not called plays at the NFL level and have not worked with quarterbacks at the NFL level, and you have a very promising quarterback going into his second pro season, which is really a, a pivotal time for those guys uh, in their development. To, to, to trust that to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, who have very little offensive coaching experience, even though both have coached in the NFL for a very long time, that's just a, a, a dangerous uh, situation to me. Uh, I, I'm still kind of surprised they didn't bring in, whether it was a Bill O'Brien or, or somebody else who at least had a, a proven track record of, of working with quarterbacks or, or calling plays, even if he's not going to be the one leading the offense, at least getting a voice in there that was 
kind of has has experience doing this and working with quarterbacks because this is a situation that you really can't screw up right now. If if Mac Jones takes a step back in his development this season, uh, I think that is a potential disaster for this franchise. Uh, and I think the 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 kind of supporting cast they have around him from a coaching perspective. There's a lot of question marks about that right now. Zach Cox from Nissan.com joining us here inside the playbook. What if I told you, Zach, that, I mean, uh, I think it's certainly reasonable to assume, and may have even happened, that Bill had a conversation about Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban didn't want him to go because he'd only been there a year. I could certainly see that happening. Obviously, there are uh, some some additional relationship kind of considerations there, given how how close Belichick and Nick Saban are. So it could have been a case where where the Patriots tried to get O'Brien and then Saban just said, no, I don't want you to do this. And uh, I think Bill would respect his, his wishes in that situation. Precisely. But, uh, yeah, but so that, that, that's certainly a, uh, a possibility. But even if it wasn't O'Brien, I mean, there are, there are plenty of experienced offensive coaches out there. Uh, I know not all of them would have been a, 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 as seemingly perfect a fit as O'Brien, but it just seemed like there were options out there, uh, and the ones that the Patriots chose just really don't seem to have the the kind of experience that you would think would be necessary for a a job like this. Mm-hmm. All right, so you know, I, I mean, uh, you know, they're sort of left going to the way that they've been going for the majority of the last twenty one, twenty two years by you know looking at lower-end potential free agents, guys that are coming off of injury, guys that maybe have something to prove, uh, that you know haven't had success in recent years, playing with a chip on their shoulder. It's, it's, a, it's a story that we've seen played over and over and over again through the years. And then the narrative changed, Zach, you know, last year when they went through the big free agent signing. And so now you're expecting a, uh, you're expecting a, a follow-up, right? You're expecting an encore performance. And it's back to the way it was. I, it, I would uh, I would guess here, and again, it's just a guess. I would guess here that the Patriots had to know that it would be received uh, uh, like it has been received, and that is, of course, uh, not to a standing ovation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think it would have been unrealistic to expect them to do what they did last off season again this off season, uh, just from a, from a salary cap perspective and all that. I think they probably could have been a little bit more aggressive and still kind of kept themselves uh, within the limits there. Uh, I think that would have made uh, a lot of people, given a lot of people a lot more more confidence in this. But with the way they handled this offseason, the development and progression from last year's free agent class is going to be huge. Guys like Jonu Smith, guys like Devon Gotcha that probably didn't have the impact that the Patriots were expecting in the first year, yep. they're really going to need to take that another step, that other step forward this year in year two. And then you need to nail the draft again. They they did a fantastic job last year. They got at least three really high caliber players, potentially more if if guys like Ronnie Perkins or, or Cameron McGrone or Joshua Bledsoe, if, if any of them become real players. But even if they don't, that's still a very very good draft class. But you need to do that again. The Patriots still haven't replenished that kind of young talent pool that really got depleted when they had so many whiffs in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, They need to build back up that young base, and you can't do it with just one draft. So going into this draft, it's monumentally important for the Patriots to get at least a handful uh, of real kind of starting caliber, long-term starter type players 
uh, in this year's draft. And so what they've done is they've just put an inordinate amount of pressure on themselves to come through in this draft when they really haven't had a lot of success over the last several years until last year, correct? Uh, I would say that's accurate, yeah. I mean, the draft is definitely a bit more of a crapshoot typically than veteran free agency because you don't know how these guys are actually going to perform at the NFL level, whereas with free agency you at least have a little bit of a, uh, a background with them. So, yeah, they've certainly put a lot of pressure on themselves, and, and again, this is something that they can't really fail at if you've got another – draft that produces kind of a, a one for eight hit rate like some of the ones we saw a couple of years ago uh, that's really going to set the uh, the franchise back in a big way all right so zach i know that we've got a month to go before we have to turn our attentions seriously here although i know that you on nesson.com and, and various outlets that cover the team are going to be you know picking and choosing and, and taking a look and evaluating you know what the positions are and some of the individual players that could fill these needs once the draft rolls around at the end of april what now based on what we've seen thus far in free agency what now is the most important spot is it offense is it defense Defense, receiver, corner, what is it? What does this team need to go get more than anything else? I think corner has to be high up on that list. Uh, I, I know they got Malcolm Butler. I know they got Terrence Mitchell. Those guys are potential starters, certainly this season, but they both come with some uh, some pretty big question marks. So yep, yep. I think cornerback is definitely still at or at or among their their top needs. Also linebacker, they really haven't improved there. I would say they brought back Juwan Bentley. They uh, they traded for Mac Wilson, but still, really kind of a lack of talent and depth there. I would say I think edge rusher is actually a kind of a sneaky one that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Uh, with no Kyle Van Noy, now no Chase Winovich, it's basically Matthew Judon and somebody else on the other side. Maybe Josh Uche, maybe Ronnie Perkins. Uh, you don't really have a, a a kind of locked in starter there on the other side. So those are three spots just on defense that I think they really need improvements. Which is basically the entire run. defense. <laughs> Essentially. They're good at safety. They've got, they've got a whole lot of safeties. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need anybody there. Right. Um, but, but then over on offense, uh, I still do think they could use an upgrade at receiver. I, I don't think it's as dire as some of these other spots. Um, and then on the offensive line, they still don't have a starting left guard, um, and they don't really have much depth at all at tackle uh, with two injury-prone starters in there so uh, there are certainly it kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier there's still a lot of holes on this patriots team and we're now more than two weeks into free agency so uh, they still have a lot of work to do patriots are a huge slice of swiss cheese (laughs) it's there's there's a lot of a lot of holes there's a lot of lack of depth uh they again they've got a lot of needs still um with um uh, obviously a while to go before the season but uh, those are holes they need to fill. What do you think about uh, the rumors of late that we've seen in some of the media circles as well about DK Metcalf in Seattle possibly being available? I mean, is that even an attainable thing for the Patriots? Do they have the capital, and would they have the wherewithal to keep him signed beyond this year if they were to go out and look at a, a, a stretch guy like that? Honestly, if they're getting someone from Seattle, I would probably prefer Tyler Lockett to uh, to DK Metcalf. Uh, thank you. Metcalf That's exactly it's exactly what I was going to go to. Yeah, I would Metcalf, prefer Lockett. He never seemed like a he never really seemed like a Patriots fit to me, even though he's obviously uh, really outperformed a, a lot of the the pre draft projections for him, and I think he would certainly help this group. But uh, I don't think he's someone that they would go above and beyond 
compensation-wise to, to bring in, whether that's spending too high a, a, of a draft pick and, and then obviously having to, uh, to give him a contract a year down the line. Uh, I don't think they would give up a, a first-round pick or probably not even a second-round pick for a potential one-year rental uh, of DK Metcalf. Uh, I do think that a trade for a name-brand receiver is still possible uh, for the Patriots, even though we are pretty deep into free agency at this point. Uh, but Metcalf doesn't really seem like the best fit uh, for what they're going to have to pay for him. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I like the fact, though, that his name is coming up in talks because I don't think anything really can be realized unless, of course, you, you kind of th- float a, one of those trial balloons or play a little would you. You know, would you take this guy? Would you take that guy? Would you kick the tires on this guy? I mean, I think, frankly, that's how a lot of deals get going because they build some momentum within the media and, and within uh, certainly within uh, inside NFL circles. Yeah, absolutely. That certainly seems to be what uh, what is going on with Metcalf right now, uh, judging by some of the, the comments coming out of Seattle. What were your thoughts on uh, on the uh, the signing of Jabril Peppers? Because quite frankly, I know he's coming off of an injury, but I'm a little surprised that uh, you know he was easily a- obtainable. I like it. Uh, I think he's kind of a, a, another low-risk, high-upside type, which is really what the Patriots have been focusing on this offseason. Uh, I know a lot of people viewed him as a Patriots fit, Coming out of Michigan, there, there are just a lot of favorable connections there between the Michigan connection, the fact he played under Joe Judge in New York. He was a captain in New York, obviously has a ton of versatility, has the punt return ability. Really, I would say, hasn't played up to most people's expectations so far in, in his NFL career. Uh, it seems like some of his previous teams haven't really known exactly the right way to use him. Uh, I know his role has kind of shifted a lot over the years. Uh, he's somebody that I'm not. I wouldn't project a, as a starter or anything like that. I'm not even really sure what his exact role is going to be because the Patriots already have two kind of hybrid linebacker safety types in Kyle Duggar and, and Adrian Phillips, who both had very good seasons last year. So I think Peppers, you probably pencil in as as sort of a, a depth matchup type guy and the potential punt return replacement for Gunnar Olszewski but I mean the fact they they got him on a a very reasonable contract from what we've seen uh kind of a a flyer on a guy who certainly has a lot of talent and athleticism and just hasn't really put put it together at the NFL level he's not really a coverage guy at all is he uh the not the the numbers show that he uh doesn't seem to be a coverage guy that much I I know some of his uh pro football focused coverage numbers are, are not particularly pretty so uh, he's definitely a guy that you're going to need to uh, to to put him in the right situation to uh, to not have that be exploited. Which leads us more and more to something that Mark Daniels from the Pro Joe mentioned a little while ago that this team looks to be perhaps aiming itself toward playing quite a bit more zone defensively. That does seem to be what their uh, most likely outcome is, especially with what they've done at cornerback. Uh, it, they've re- this is I mean if unless. Barring some sort of change over the next couple months, they are preparing to enter enter the season without a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback for the first time since I think 2012. Yeah, and it's really hard to play man defense consistently when you don't have that high end cornerback talent. Yeah. So I could definitely see uh, a shift to more of a zone based system, which we already saw last season. They played a lot more zone uh, than they had in the past. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being kind of their preferred defensive strategy this season one more for you zach before i let you go because we haven't had anybody comment on this and i'm just curious your take on uh, malcolm butler's return overall and whether or not we'll ever find out what the hell happened in that super bowl 
Honestly, I was shocked. Uh, I was not expecting uh, to ever see Malcolm Butler in a in a Patriots uniform again. Uh, even though it did seem like kind of any anger and tension from that Super Bowl have had dissipated. Uh, I remember talking to him in Tennessee at joint practices in 2019, and he was even joking about that game, saying that he, he graded out as 100% on his lone special team snap. So it, it, it kind of seems That's like certainly looking at the bright side. It, yeah, it seems like it's been water under the bridge for a while from his perspective. But for him to, to wind up back here four years later, it's, it's a pretty remarkable story. I'm excited for whenever we end up uh, getting to talk to him, uh, whenever the Patriots do make him available there. But uh, I think he's kind of a flyer as well. He's 32 years old now, didn't play at all last year because uh, he retired right before the season. Was pretty good in 2020, uh, had one of his most productive seasons. I think he graded out uh, as PFF's 15th best cornerback in the NFL. Uh, he, he's not a pro bowler or an all-pro at this point in his career, but if he can be 2020 Malcolm Butler, I think that's really going to help the Patriots' defense. Yeah, right. Really pretty impossible to uh, to predict what we're going to see from him given his age and the fact that he hasn't played football in a year. Yeah, 32 for a corner is, is ancient, really. And the fact yeah. that he's been out for a year only adds to the equation. But you're right. If, if he could grade out anywhere close to the 15th best corner in the league, I think you'd take that bar none, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Hey, Zach, great to talk to you. Thanks for taking some time thus far in the offseason. And uh, I would look forward to visiting with you again at some point in time this summer. Absolutely. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Zach Cox, at Zach, Z-A-C-K, Cox, C-O-X, Nesson on Twitter is where you find Zach Cox, where you find a lot of his coverage as well. You know, he's, you know, Zach's got some good opinions. Uh, he's on top of all of the, the, the latest stories. Um, and uh, we're happy to add him to our arsenal of uh, beat reporters here to, to talk to you and give you some of the insight, you know, on the Patriots here inside the playbook. That's what it's all about. Give you a little bit of the reasoning behind some of the X's and O's, even if you don't understand them completely. Uh, we'll try to, you know, coach you up a little bit as Coach Bill and the staff seem to, you know, like to do. And there's a lot of coaching up, I think, that's going to have to be done this season. I mean, I understand everything that's been said. But as I opened up the show with just a little over an hour ago, I you know I got questions. We all have questions. We all wonder if okay, look, I, I again, I get the fact that this team wants to rely upon the way that they've done business for 22 years since Bill Belichick came to New England. This is how he built the franchise. This is how he built the team. This is how he built the dynasty. He's done it this way, and if you're successful at it, why would you change it? And the only thing that I would add to that is that with time passages comes change. And so those you know who choose to change are probably going to stay ahead of the curve. Those that don't change are invariably going to fall behind you know uh, the rolling boulder coming down the hill. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we all have to change. In my own profession, when things became so much more uh, uh, social media emphasized, um, I had to decide, I had to make a fundamental decision. Do I really want to deal with this? <laughs> Do I really want to, to go back and forth and, and care what you know Joe Blow in his mother's basement says or thinks about stuff? And the answer to that is, well, yeah, because they're consumers. And so you want to make sure that the right story, the proper story, gets out and that you cover it the way that a journalist or a reporter is supposed to cover it, and then you react accordingly. And, and, and so I, I can understand that 
you know, okay, I'm going to have to change a little bit with the times. And, of course, the industry is really, really advanced from, you know, the days of what we used to call ink-stained wretches, you know, covering sports, you know, sports writers, you know, who, you know, smell and burp and fart and do all this stuff, you know, in the press box and smoke cigars and curse and, you know, hey, I grew up around that. My first job, my first job in this industry when I was 16 years old, answering phones in the sports department of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, okay, I was subject to that every day I was in there. I heard things that I, you know, I cannot share even on the satellite here, I, I, you know, and I'm not going to. Because there's, you know, decorum just prevents me from doing it. Plus, it makes a hell of a story someday, and I'll put it in my book. (laughs) All I'm saying is that you need to be open to change, no matter how well you've done things in the past. Because if you don't, then that, you know, rolling stone is going to flatten you. Because stone ain't going to stop. Time marches on. And so I'm beginning to wonder, okay... And I think everybody, and this is sort of the this is the this is the eight hundred pound elephant in the room here. Eight hundred pound elephant. God, that's a skinny elephant. This is the <laughs> two ton elephant, you know, in the room here. All right. Has the game passed Bill by? Have you you asked yourself that question? I think, in a sense, we opened up the program today with Mr. Kraft's statement from yesterday, when uh, from Tuesday, when he met the media in Florida. And honestly, if I'm reading between the lines, that's what Robert Kraft was asking. Is the game passed him by? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I want him to know he's kind of sort of on notice here because it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. He did emphasize that. I look forward to hopefully having a great draft this year. That's the only way you can build your team for long term and consistently that you have a chance of winning is having a good draft. Don't forget that, Bill. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, you tell me I'm wrong. You tell me I'm wrong. So now... We're all beginning to wonder, all right, is the game passed him by? You know, again, you're right. Until we get further proof, any proof, that it's passed him by, then I think he has earned the benefit of the doubt. And I've said this from day one, even last year and the year before. You know, Eric predicting this team would go, you know, uh, what was it, 7-10 and 10 last year? And they ended up going 10-7? and seven? Okay. I, I didn't see enough evidence to say seven and ten. I didn't expect ten and seven either. I expected nine and eight. That's what I predicted. And they ended up a, be- a game better than that a year ago. Oh, before I forget, before I forget, Marine. Yo, what's up? I believe Rookstradamus. We need to give him credit where credit's due here. Call me now for your free reading. <laughs> Spelled it wrong in my system. <laughs> okay. Rookster Thomas did, did accurately predict that Josh McDaniels would not be here at the end of the year. Correct? Do you remember that prediction from Rookster Thomas? Yeah. So do I. Okay. I'm just saying. That's all I'm, I'm going to say. Okay. I said he would not be with New England in 2022. Rookster Thomas said that. I didn't. Rookster Thomas said it. 
<laughs> Call me now for your free reading. Thank you, damn it. Thank you. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? Got that one on. Uh, he, he got that one on everybody. Okay? Over everybody. Absolutely 100%. I forgot to mention it last month's show because I think it was right after uh, right after uh, McDaniel's uh, move to, to Vegas. So, at any rate, just, just saying. Yeah. Thank you. I, I had to hear the peacock, right? Had to hear the peacock. Um, all right, so let's turn our attention now uh, to a good friend of the program, uh, to one of the most knowledgeable capologists that exists in all of football. Um, you guys know that he sort of started the, the cottage industry anyway to the point now where there are probably capologists, I would imagine, for every team that don't necessarily get hired by the football team to keep track of all this stuff. I know a lot of people in the media who depend on Miguel Benzan to kind of keep them up to date on what the Patriots can afford and can't afford, and he's known affectionately on Twitter as Pat's Cap. Pat's Cap, Miguel, joins us here in the playbook. Miguel, how are you, my friend? Doing all right. Doing all right, John. Thank you, for, great. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. How, how, how are you able to get the day off today? Um, John, my job got outsourced. My last day with <gasps> my company was... Friday, so I'm, I'm I'm unemployed right now. Oh my God, really? Yeah, really. Holy crap! I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, it is what it is, John. I'm, um, I mean, I, my lucky, my wife and I were lucky not to lose our jobs in a pandemic. Yep. Uh, um, hopefully, I'll, I'll I'll find a job pretty soon, and we'll be all right. Wow. Well, why don't you use this as a as a as a method or as a as a uh, uh, modus operandi to audition for a job? <laughs> hey, any <laughs> any football teams out there need a capologist? I think we got one available for you. you definitely got one available now. Definitely wow. got one available now. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> wow. You want to you you want to hire someone who's got who's been doing it for twenty plus years on the side as a hobby. And has a, a strong boxing accent. I'm, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would have to tell you that you 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 you've retained your sense of humor. So good for you, my friend. Well, I, in all seriousness, uh, let, let's let's do this right here and right now because I think it's the very least we can do. What is it you want to do? What is it you're looking for? Are you going to take a little time off, or do you want to jump right back into the workforce? How are you going to handle the next couple of days and weeks and maybe even months? Um, I'd like to go back to what I was doing. I was really, really good at my job, John, which was helping my fellow employee with their computer problems. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can tell, John, I'm, I'm an extrovert, so I love dealing with people. Yeah. I like helping people fix, you know, help doing that. Um, I'm willing to probably, John, I'm my, I'm open to doing anything. Um, are you are you are you an IT guy then? In other words, yeah, I'm an I'm an IT guy. I so I was a senior help desk analyst. I was I majored in economics, like Bill, and went in college. Mm-hmm. I worked for the FDIC, and then I found I had an affinity for computers, and then I switched over careers, and then now I'm deciding what I'm going to do in the future. I don't know, John, because um, not only am I, did I lose my job. Last Friday, I've yeah. been having some um, surgeries on my eyes, oh. um, so I had that kind of postpone me from looking from jobs because you can't look for, can't look at your computers when you got a patch over your eyes. <laughs> oh, Miguel, good lord! Yeah. Wow. Well, other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> oh my God. 
yeah. Right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to make light of it. I, I really am. I, I believe I'm, me. I, I think I'm that not, I'm not saying it to make people feel sorry for me. It is what it is. I, I sure. Go, um, it's been it's got a couple rough days, but I, I believe that things will work out. My mother has always said that. Yeah. And I just. And I believe in that. Well, you, it'll happen. You you keep all a right. good positive outlook about it, and and in all and, and again in all sincerity here, if someone uh, has a line on either uh, an in person or an outsource or a remote uh, IT type of position, can they DM you at your uh, at your? Uh, 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 yeah, they could DM me or um, they could DM me at, at Twitter. Okay. Um, yeah, you could DM me at, at Twitter. Um, that's, yeah, so. <laughs> See, I didn't I, I feel like talking about me. Let's go talk about John. Let's talk about Bill because I'm telling you, I still believe in Bill. Yes. I, okay, I still believe in Bill. Um, I I don't know why people thought I didn't think that people he would spend as much money as he did last year. Um, I I didn't. I'm not taking that. Like I'm. I didn't take what Bob Kraft said as 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 taken to the next level as the game passed Bill by. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, so I I hate to disagree with you, John, but I just don't see that. Like, literally, he won ten and ten and seven with a with a rookie ten with a rookie quarter, quarterback. He's make he correctly anticipated took advantage of the mind yeah. last year. I don't think the game's passed him by, Miguel. I'm I'm just okay, asking okay, the question. I don't, I don't even know why we've been bringing it up. So I'm, let's Okay. Well, but you understand, though, you understand, though, that it's a fair question to ask based on what we've seen happen over the course of the last month to six weeks and the way that the team, you know, I mean, the way that they ended last season. I mean, they got their pants beat off them at the end of the year. No one, like I I said, John, I'll continue to say this not one player they could have obtained in free agency or via trade can improve this team as much as an improved Mac Jones. I'm a Mac Jones believer. If Mac Jones gets is twenty to twenty five or thirty five percent better, this team is going to be better. Okay. If Christian Blackmore builds on the last season, this team is going to be better. Okay. If we get those guys back who didn't the rookies like Bledsoe, McCrone, Perkins, guys who were on IR last year, if they show up, this team is going to be better. I know. So I mean, people saying we haven't got anybody. New on the team, but let's maybe they have. They think the Patriots think that the players on the team will improve. And I'm talking like Jonas Smith, Nelson Algor, Mac Jones, Christian Balmore. Those you can't measure. Like like you know, PFF has this thing about teams about how much they approved during free agency, but they can't measure because no one can know how much a rookie rookie will improve. But they for some they believe in Mac Jones. I believe in Mac Jones. I'm willing to wait five months to see what happens on the field. <laughs> that's fair. No, I think that's I think that's very fair. And by the way, I, I did want to do this while we have a little bit of time with you here today. If yeah, we, we have, have all, no, John, it, we have all day. <laughs> perfect. Which which I know. <laughs> Jeez, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I got all the time in the world you need here. Uh, if you have a question for Pat's Cap, all right, eight five five Pat's five hundred. Let's just open up the phones and make sure that if you've ever had a question that you wanted to ask Miguel, how he got into this, you know, how difficult it is to keep up with it. What the Patriots could do, what they may not be able to do, that sort of question as well. 855 Pats 
500. Pick up the phone. Let's talk about it. Or if you want to send an email, webradio at patriots.com. Uh, if you want to go even tweet it out, uh, you can hit uh, at Pat's Cap or hit uh, at JR Broadcaster, uh, or you can even post it on the Facebook page if you want. That's perfectly fine uh, either way. But we figured we'd just kind of open it up here because, quite frankly, I, you know, a lot of the stuff that a lot of fans, Miguel, uh, you know, would like to see this team do, um, it would be out of character for them to do. Uh, we've also heard, of course, and you've sort of alluded to that already, um, it also is an issue about next year that we've heard the Patriots might not be as willing to pull the you know uh, the trigger on potential signings this year because of the expected increase in the salary cap next year. How much of a factor do you think next year is on their reluctance to make any moves this year? I think they their spending has been John usually. Like a roller coaster, you spend one year, you spend less next year, and then you go back up. They spent a ton of money in in twenty twenty one, not to spend so much money in twenty twenty two. They're going to increase. Therefore, I think they're going to spend a lot of money in twenty twenty three, right? Because they really didn't spend because of the eight opt outs in twenty twenty. They didn't spend a lot of money in twenty twenty. Yeah. All right. So, and then I think in twenty twenty three they're going to spend more than they. A lot more, a lot more money than they have this year. I mean, and I'll say this about the cash spending: the, the cash, people like to talk about how much little the people pages are committed right now. It's un. I'll just say this: it's un. I think it's unfair to the Patriots in the in that in that calculation because they're one of the teams that use a lot of incentives in the deals. All right, mm-hmm. so we want Trent Brown to play as many snaps in the game, right? We sure. want that to happen, right? All right. We, so if he does that, he earns like four point five million dollars in cash and, and incentives, right? Mm-hmm. But that will be that will show up in the cash spending accounting in February, not now. Okay. All right. So the Patriots, so it'll count in the two thousand twenty-two cash spending. It just won't show up on the ledger until February. All right. Okay. So if you have Patriots right now, have about twenty-six point eight five million dollars in incentives. Yep. All right. You mostly we want the players to earn it, but right now it doesn't show up as cash spending. Okay. And so I mean, and they use incentives a lot more than the other teams do. Okay. All right. So I think that that part is one of the reasons why people like to say the Patriots are cheap. Right. Well, it's because sometimes it's because players got hurt and they couldn't earn their for their earn their incentives. Right. Which makes a lot of sense. It also makes okay. a lot of sense that you're going to spend one year. You got to give more than one year to see the results of that spend. Correct? Exactly. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, my friend John. Yeah, I think we've learned that you know over the years with Bill Belichick. Correct? Yeah. So that that definitely that definitely falls in line with the whole. All right, in Bill, we trust situation because where has he given us a reason not to trust him? And, and, and yeah, the only time you could say that is recent drafts. And Bob Kraft was at least, I would say, he was honest. You couldn't, he couldn't say that the Patriots drafted well last recently. That would be, that would be lying to his, his, to lying to everyone. Sure, he was honest about it. Sure, I think if we would have asked, if we were, were going to put Bill, you know, give him a truth serum, he would, be, he would be honest about it. Sure, all right. So I, I wasn't, well, I wasn't shocked by what his statement is. It is what it is because that's the truth. And like and like, Andy used to say, the truth is never the truth is never mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, 
Right. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's very true. All right. So, you know, I think, you know, while we're trying to get some sense of normalcy and, and, and reasonability here uh, injected into the program without going all, you know, emotionally, you know, um, crazy uh, over, you know, inactivity, let's say, relative inactivity, even though the Bills have made a you know, couple of big splashes, the Dolphins certainly have made some splashes, and these are teams that you're going to play four times this next year. Um, what's, a, what's a reasonable next step for this team? Is it all draft-based, or can they, based on what they have cap-wise left here, are there other smaller, maybe less important or less significant moves that they could make to continue to improve the depth on this team because we know he who has the most toys at the end usually wins. They, they, they get John. They the Patriots have various ways of creating cap space. Mm-hmm. They've chosen not to do it right now. All right. Yep. Um, for whatever reason there is, not to tell us. All right. So what they could create? They, and I'll tell you this, John. They need to create cap space. They don't have right now, right now, enough cap space to operate the rest of the year. So I know they, they will be creating cap space when I have no idea. All right? It could be right, right when they need to sign the draft picks and right before the training camp. I would expect that. Be, yes, sir. Correct. Okay. It could be right before training camp. All right? It could be like you could do some of the moves during in season. Like you, if you needed to create cap space to operate the rest of the rest of the season, like you could always convert Matthew June's high salary into a signing bonus anytime you want, create cap space. All right, you could extend Hunter Henry at any time. You could extend um, Jake Bailey at any time, or you could cut Jake Bailey any time. You could cut Nikhil Harry at any time, or trade him at any time, and create cap space. And remember, once June first comes around, all right. You can cut a trade a player and create more cap space than you could right now because those future signing bonus operations will remain in the will hit the cap and not in 2022 but in 2023. So they might just be waiting till June 2nd to make some of their moves. Ah, uh, of course. Yeah, okay, the calendar, it, right? But they they have no reason right now, John. They have no reason to make a move because they have enough cap space. Even they have enough cap space right now to sign their draft pick. All right. They don't have a reason to make a move. They can sign, keep on signing players, John, to low deal because they take up very little cap space. Right. 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 Remember the guy, the person at the 50, with the fifty-first highest cap number. Right. Mm-hmm. When you sign a player, he his salary gets chopped off. Gets chopped off. Right. So, so right now, that fifty-first player has a salary of eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. That's cheap by today's standards. That's cheap. So you sign a veteran. To a one point eight nine five million dollars deal, John, it only costs you one billion dollars cap space. Right. So they could sign, they could actually sign three or four more four of those guys to the deal, and still have enough money to get the lease to draft to draft pick time. Right. And they'll create cap space to sign your draft pick. Okay. Okay. If they wanted to get you pick some, you if they wanted to get a player, they have ways to get create the cap space to get the player. Mm-hmm. All right. I um, I don't like. For example, you were, we were talking about DJ Metcalf. I'll respectfully disagree with those things. Saying it's out of, it's impossible for the Patriots to do it. I don't think they could. They would win a bidding bidding war if it was just for draft picks. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if the Seahawks just said, 
we'll trade GJ Calf, Metcalf, give us the best draft pick, give us the best draft packs in the in 2022 draft. I don't think the Patriots will win that bidding war. Yeah. But if you say that they, if it comes down to, hey, we'll take a discount, we'll get, we'll get a second round pick. Yeah, I could see them Patriots do it, and then maybe you then you, but you have to decide: Am I willing to pay this guy twenty million dollars a year? Because that's what's the fit. Either you're going to pay him that in a long term deal, or you're going to tag him at twenty million dollars, or you just let him go. Right, give him a second round pick for a one year rental. I don't see the Patriots giving up a second round pick for a guy like DK Metcalf. I, I don't. I don't see that at all because you're looking at here's a team that needs to come up big in this year's draft. We've already we've already expect we've already established that right, and so they're going to need more picks. If anything, I could see the Patriots this year, and nobody wants to hear me say this, Miguel. I can see the Patriots trading down for more picks this year. John, I, John, Derek Havens said this on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Them trading down with the Chiefs, all right, and then I tweeted out to match up the numbers mm-hmm. with, according to Rich Hill's draft trade chart. Yep, I I put it out and I'll, I'll retweet it after the show, John. I can I could do a tweet when it exa- exactly matching up the numbers. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll retweet. I can't tweet while I'm talking to you, John. That's all right. <laughs> what you can't? What you can't multitask? Hey, that's that's a huge job requirement now in the IT industry, Miguel. All right, because I can find the tweet and talk to you. This thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, you're but you're yeah, you're right. You're you're 100 right. So. I mean, you know, now that we, you know, I mean, let, let's face it. We, we know what's out there, and we know what's coming, uh, and, and we know how this team has to come up big. It stands yeah. to reason that they're going to want more chances to come up big via the draft, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, John, I, I, I'm shocked. I'm surprised they haven't traded Stidham or Harry for draft picks yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and those are two other – but those are two other, you know, chits in the armor, though, that they can still kind of hold off to the side, right, if they decide right, they right. need like, extra they, picks? You could, do the, you could trade them, like, draft day, right, right around the draft. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, because yeah, they've got no – they really don't have any use for them, but at the same time, they don't – they still have to hold their cards close to the vest here because they don't want people to know that, well, we don't have any interest because then they're not going to get anything in return. Exactly. <laughs> I mean that that's how the game is played. Yo, know, yeah, we want to get rid of Nikhil Harry. We hate Nikhil Harry. Well, okay. So you hate Nikhil Harry, cut him and we'll pick him up. No, no, that's not what they want to do. They want to be able to get a, a fifth or a sixth rounder for him if they can. Anytime, any any year, anything is worth worth it for, for me right <laughs> and so you wait as long as you can and then when teams decide they have a need or the teams start having injuries or whatever the case may be you know and then hey worst comes to worst maybe you just bring him to camp and let him see if he can earn a spot on the roster again yeah yeah because he, he has you, you can bring very, very little cap space by cutting him because he has such has so much of his salary yeah yeah so if you don't trade him you might as well just keep on the roster and just and then then at the end of the day, and then maybe a roster cut them done to cut them or try to find a trade partner because someone's going to get someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, preseason. Yeah, I someone's think gonna get hurt. That, that's a great point. Here's the thing: people get so frustrated with guys like Nikhil, and you mentioned Jared Stidham, and obviously I think we realize he, he's, there's no future really for him here in New England, but there is still intrinsic value in having those guys on this team. 
And, 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 and people get frustrated. It's like, well, we're not going to play him. Cut him. No, because he's an asset. You, you spent money and, and draft capital to get him, and so you still have to hold on to him as long as you can so you can realize some kind of return, even if you discover that he is not the fit for you, your team, your organization, or whatever it is that you're trying to establish, right? Exactly. If you can't get, if you can't get something in return, go ahead. And if you're in no rush and the Patriots don't seem to be any rush to move off of him, Miles will wait till you could wait till you're not going to get any more cap space now than you would have in September or vice versa. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. So 855-PATS-500 is the uh, toll-free telephone number if you've got questions for, for Pat's cap or you want to just kind of join in the conversation because, quite frankly, I think this guy's going to want to join in the conversation. Hey, Eldred, how you doing? Eldred? Eldred going once. I I can hear Eldred. You can't hear him, John? No, I can't hear him. I can hear him. Oh wow. Okay, so McGill can hear him and I can't hear him. Matt, is there a reason <laughs> what am I do, what am I doing here? Am I doing anything wrong here? Eldred, you got a question for me? <laughs> do I need to mute myself? Miguel. All right, hold on. Maybe if I well, but then I don't have him on the air here. All right. That's weird. Miguel, all right, why don't you why don't you repeat what Eldred said and if he had a question for you and then and try to answer it cuz I'm for some reason I'm not able to hear Eldred. Go ahead, Eldred. Yeah, he's he's on. Let me see. I'm going to try to bring him back on. Eldred, you there? Maybe I just got to put Miguel on hold. Okay, yeah, this he, is He's got they, I, I John, we can Eldred and Eldred and I can still hear you. So you're over so you interrupted <laughs> and I can't hear him. That's bizarre. Uh-huh. Let me put all right. Let me put Miguel on hold. Eldred, are you there? Okay. See, it's still not. It's still not coming through. Hello, Eldred. One more time. One, two, three. One, two, three. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. So I, I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to let. I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to. And I, I hung up Eldred's line. Eldred, I want you to call back. All right, and see if maybe that will fix the problem because sometimes every once in a while these things, you know, happen to our system. Miguel, uh, if you could repeat what Eldred said for for me I and could, for anybody else that didn't I could, hear, I couldn't hear him because you were talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shut up, he Rook. He was saying something about, okay. right. saying something about Devin McCourty, and that's all I could hear. Oh, okay. That's all I heard was Devin Devin's man, and I hope he doesn't say anything bad because my wife loves Devin. Okay. <laughs> Well, that, that's fair. I think we all love Devin, and I'm not. I'm not surprised. A that they brought him back. B. I'm glad that they brought him back because, frankly, I think we still need a little bit of that old school captaincy. Hey, running the tight ship. You know, this is the way. This is the Patriot way attitude uh, in the locker room between guys like McCourty and and certainly uh, Matt Slater. Uh, who have been a part of this for a number of years, and somebody's got to move this along and pass it along to the younger generation. Correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that Matt Slater came back. I, um, and then Devin McCourty, I'll say this, John, I was I was surprised. I, I thought Devin was coming back. I was just surprised they added two more, like, two more voided years to his deal. All right? I was surprised by that, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I guess that's wrong. <laughs> but I, I just thought they would have just kept through his, have kept his deal through 2024, and now it's through 2026. Okay? I was wrong about that. So it is what it is. I'll I'll move on from that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. I'm going to try to play with this here for a second. So let me put this on hold, and let me do this. Try this way. 
Miguel, uh, Eldred, can you hear me? Yes, Mr. Legend. Ah! Three times. All right, so I got <laughs> so I got Eldred here. All right, I know. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but uh, for some reason, when I brought your phone line up, it, I couldn't hear you, and Miguel could, but I couldn't. So yeah, I mean, Miguel was asking questions. <laughs> some questions. I know, right? Yeah, Isn't about, that crazy? About the cap. All right, hold on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put you here. Now let me see if I can. Miguel, are you there? See, now when I bring him in, he's not there. All right, so hold on, Miguel. Let me put him back on. Uh, hold. I'm here. I know you're there. Eldred's there. But I tried to reverse it, yep. and then I put you on hold, and then I tried to bring Miguel in, and it's still not working. So, hey, uh, Marina, I've given you an, uh, uh, an, an off-season job here. Fix the damn phones. <laughs> <laughs> It did? Okay, that's crazy. Anyway, all right, so Miguel's on hold. Miguel can hear you right now. So if you have a question for Miguel or you just want to, you know, if you've got a statement to make about this, Eldred, you got the floor, brother. Go. Okay, my question is, I didn't want to bring McCordy back, not for no nine million. Okay. And why? Based and on what? Based on what? You know, then you paid, you paid nine more million, but... He's a good rah-rah in the room, but you got to play by example. Like, he's 32, mm-hmm. or, you know. So you need some young young blood back there. It's time to get younger because, you, like like uh, Paul said a, a while back, you're bringing most of the old game back. Right. And I'm, I'm looking, for, looking for him to bring Hightower. <laughs> well, I, I don't – Van Noy back. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen unless they come back at, at, at extraordinarily reduced salaries because I think we can all agree – that this team has to get not just younger; they got to get faster. They have to be more versatile, and, and and so I don't see Hightower or Van Noy coming back unless, of course, they're willing to come back for basically near veteran minimum. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, but I wouldn't have gave McCourty nine million. I mean, you could have used that and got somebody well, but, else on the defense. But McCourty, though, you know, but, but McCourty gives them something else that the other two guys don't give them. He still gives them uh, play on the field that is results oriented. I don't think the other two guys can as much anymore. And and McCourty yeah. isn't in a coverage situation like those guys face a lot of times on defense. He got to be John. Uh, he's a safe. He got to be in some kind of coverage. Well, I didn't keep getting beat by tight ends okay. and being late going o- over the top. Okay, so and like he I was, said, and admittedly, that, admittedly he was a couple of times certainly late in the year, and I think we saw that. But if the Patriots are going to more of a zone-based defensive look, you're still taking the onus off of him a little bit where he's going to help in coverage rather than be a primary guy. And plus, he's going to bring intangibles like leadership, like captaincy, like, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of things that you, you just can't any, any coach on the field. Already there. What's that? Because cause they had to start young, right? Yes. You couldn't find it in a younger guy that's already there. I mean, McCourty had to start young and be a leader, and, you know. He had to follow Malloy for a minute. Then he Brady. Right. Oh. And. <laughs> Eldred, please call back. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, I was just saying say this. About about Devin McCourty. Yeah, go ahead. If Devin McCourty was off the roster, yep, he would count six point four five million dollars against the cap this year. On the roster, because he signed that got nine million dollars, and they gave him the bonus, and it's prorated over five years, he is now counting five point seven five million dollars on the cap. Mm-hmm. So on the roster, he is seven hundred fifty thousand dollars cheaper than he would be off the roster. Mm-hmm. Now I disagree with Eldridge. All right, I like him. I thought he was going to stay on the roster at six. You know, so I like it. Elders has his we feel free to disagree to disagree on agree to disagree on that. I just think cap cap wise, 
it, it, it made sense to keep on Devin McCourty. You'll push out some dead money in the future. All right. It, but it is what it is. I mean, okay, that's fair. It's fair. I mean, I, I agree with you, John. I think what what he is he worth five point seven nine five million dollars on the cap? I say yes. If you want to disagree, I'm fine. But I'll just say this: the uh, the the alternative is six point four five million dollars off the cap. Off the cap. Okay. So there's really a negligible difference between signing him. Uh, and getting him and signing somebody else potentially that would fill that spot, and based on what he can still bring to the table in terms of intangibles, it's probably worth it for the Patriots to spend that money. That's they they made that decision, John, and I, I and I and I thought it was going to happen. So I I'm not going to be incon- I'm not going to change my mind. <laughs> okay, no, I think I love it. I, I think that's it. fair. Okay, yeah, I absolutely think that's fair. All right, so let me. Uh, we found Eldred again. So Eldred, did you hear his answer? Yeah, I heard his answer. I love Miguel, but we're going to agree or disagree, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're agree or disagree. All right, that's fair. No. That's fair. No, because you need speed and some, some youth, some athleticism, some athleticism on that defense. You know, what I can't understand is why are we keeping all these safeties, but you ain't getting no corners. Uh-huh. That's what, that's what I can't understand. You know. Did you hear that, Eldred? I think so too. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Okay. Yeah, I can hear Miguel. I can hear you too. All right. You know, but but I, I'm. That's weird because I, I could barely hear Miguel, about, so I don't know. You can barely. I'm just wondering about King. He's still out there. Uh, about six three, little speed. I don't know what the problem was with him in uh, Green Bay, but he's still out. He's still out there. It's a young corner. Yeah. About like twenty five, twenty six. Right. You know. Okay. But but all these old veterans. You I mean you're bringing over the hill game like they did in Washington? Right. And I don't. I think back then they they got lucky and won one Super Bowl with over the hill game. But I don't know if we can do it this in this day and age where right. everybody boning up and running, you know, with speed and stuff. Right. Because you ain't got speed in that secondary. Yes, that's true. Is it more of a secondary yeah, now, or is it a, is it more of a secondary, secondary. now? Secondary. They sucking again. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> God, I love it. I love it. All right. Did you have any? Did you have anything else for for Miguel Eldred that you wanted to ask him? Uh, no, that's that's about it for the cap space. But like I said, I, I, I'm just sitting back with everybody else, and I'm like, okay, I got my little white flag out, so I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> Whoa, mm-hmm. you got the white mm-hmm. flag out? I mean, you're like Patty and Aguam early in the show. He pushed the panic button and and he hung up because he didn't have any answers. Did you hear that earlier? No, sir. He pushed the no, panic button. I, I, I didn't get to hear that. Yeah, I was playing the the, the old podcast. I didn't know you was on today. If I knew you was on. I've been on with you at two o'clock. Oh, I see. You All know, right. Well, you just—they so announced it. Yeah, I they well, they announced it. I've been good. Here you go. Here you go. All right. Last Wednesday of every month in the off season. Okay, I'm on. Okay, last week, last Wednesday, Wednesday of okay. every month, yeah. I'm on, and we do put it out over social media. So, I mean, uh, I usually tweet it out. Yeah, I post it on my Facebook page. Sometimes the Patriots okay. are a little slow at pulling the trigger on that, but last Wednesday of every month, you're going to get a fresh show. All right. Okay. Okay, so John, can I ask you a question? Please do. Okay, during this off season, how do you feel? Uh, I know, I know they want to go out spending buck wild like they did. Like I, I already knew this, but some of the younger talent that was there, and some of the trades that you heard—fifth round, sixth round—this receiver, that receiver, this corner, this linebacker—that you know that could help the Patriots, but we just sitting back. 
how do you feel? And sign an old guy. So how do I feel about them signing old guys as opposed to younger guys? About the offseason, let me say offseason all together. Let's put everything out there. Okay. Everything. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's an interesting question. Let me bring Miguel back in here. Miguel, you heard that question, right? I heard the question. I just, I just here's like for example, let's just give me examples of a trade that you think the Patriots should have made. All right, hold on. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back here. I'm going to go back and forth. All right, Eldred, what's a trade the Patriots you you think should have made? Fifth round pick for Robert Woods. Fifth round pick for Robert Woods. <laughs> this is fun. Thirty other teams did not outbid the Titans for Robert Woods. Okay. Thirty other teams. Yep. Okay. So they all those other teams in the NFL had have the good reason for not outbidding the Titans. So I'm just saying, if they had a good reason, it's likely the Patriots had a good reason. Okay. That's all. I, that's all I gotta say. Okay. I just, just that's all I gotta say. Just, just apply that. If the thirty other teams, and, and it would, he, the, the Titans got him for cheap. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know if you listened to Jason Fitzgerald over the cop podcast when they, he was doing his podcast. The news broke out live, and he could not believe the Titans gave up that much for him. All right, because Robert Woods was is hurt. All right. I'm like, okay. If, that, if that's the best they can do for Robert Woods, who's been one who's healthy the last three years, he's been stack-wise one of the top three or five wide receivers. All right? If that was the best they could do in a passing league, that tells me that for other people, all those other teams saw something that said they, don't, they did not want any piece of them. And that's good enough for me. Okay. I think that's a fair response, uh, Eldred. You got a rebuttal okay. to that one? Yeah, I saw about that, but but uh, it's not a fair response when you got Aguilar. He was about the same situation. Well, I think now you're opening up a different can of worms. Yeah, yeah, but so you know, but yeah, but we paid we paid which call gave him top dollar, but like I said, he got hurt and been hurt. Probably what rehabbing now? Well, maybe second year jump, he might do better. Same thing, you're taking a chance like that with Robert Woods, too. But at least Robert Woods got more stats in the NFL than Aguilar does. And I'll take a chance with that, especially with a fifth-round draft pick or a sixth. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Miguel, what do you think about that, about comparing him to Aguilar? I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it is either. That's all I gotta say. I love Eldred, but I don't think no. I think you're. I think you're almost. I, I think it's a different comparison. You're kind of moving the goalposts a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Know, I don't. I didn't think the Patriots would have a splashy off season. I thought the other teams, some of the other teams needed to have a splash off season. Some of the other teams needed to get a quarterback. All right, the Patriots have a quarterback, so they need. They didn't make have to go get one like the Broncos did. Yeah, or the. Colts did, or the Commanders did. That it, so that's some of the trades out there. All right, Devontae Adams wasn't going to sign with the Packers no matter what. All right, um, I think he controlled where he wanted to play. So I don't think the Patriots had a chance at him. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted to play with Derek Carr. All right, so I don't think the Patriots had a chance at him. I'm trying to think of the other big trade. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, Kill Hill Mack was probably. Why would you go after a thirty-year-old guy? 
when you have Judon and Barmore. Right. All right. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. Good question. <laughs> there were so many trades this year. I know I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting someone. It's all right. I'm so sorry. That's all right. I can't remember. I, I'm so sorry. I can't keep track of it all either. So that's that's part of it. That's that's all part of it. All right. So all right. Hang on a second, McGill. Here. So let me get him here. All right. And uh, see, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just button pushing today. This is this is what I do. This is what I do. I do it very well. Can't hear me. Yeah. I don't know why how it's worked that way, but at least I can push buttons and get you guys both on the show at the same time, even if you can't, you know, yeah. speak directly to each other. Eldred, it's it's always good to talk to you, my friend. But I I would anticipate. I would also anticipate that you know you too are looking forward to this team trying to bounce back big in the draft next month. Correct? Correct. Oh, I'm looking big, hard, hard and heavy. I just hope you don't trade out the first round to get more picks. That's what I want. Well, I can almost guarantee you that they're going to trade That's down. I don't know if they'll trade out of the first round. I agree with that one. But I think they'll trade down. And, and like I said, what's been said a couple of times we've seen, and I know it was on another podcast. I think Derek Havens had it. But you can see a, a potential move maybe with a team like Kansas City to move down where they can still get reasonably, I think, a defensive back, which is uh, I think corner would be a, a likely spot for the Patriots to look for to, uh, to, to potentially shore up the defense in the opening round and obtain some later round picks in return for someone moving up into their slot. I think that is quite likely to happen just based on, you know, the preliminary, uh, you know, kind of survey of the uh, the land here. Another thing that's worrying me is everybody keeps talking about Matt Jones will have a good jump in the second year. He's going to do this and that. Okay, how are you going to do that without a quarterback coach and a good O.C.? Well, you, you, you know, because who we got, who who they got pointing there right now, I, Judge and and uh, and the guy from Detroit, no way. Yeah, you you uh, should be Matt Patricia. No way, <laughs> Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah you no know, way. look, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of think, uh, and Eldred, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. I I I, I kind of think that's a little overrated. I, I just you know look, I, it's great if you have the quote unquote quarterback whisperer there. Uh, that that can get in a quarterback's ear and, and can actually you know uh, school him a little bit, teach him a little bit, and, and I think that that will still be done. I don't know that the Patriots have that answer. I also think that's one of the reasons why they went out and they re-signed Brian Hoyer, yep. so he could be that that person for him, right, Miguel? You know, in yep. terms of of being the a de facto he's quarterback coach, even though he's technically the backup quarterback. Period. Yep. Right. So I, that's why I think that part of it's a little overrated. I certainly can share everyone's frustration about the lack of a of a, of a go to you know a big play type of receiver because let's face it, Mac Jones needs all the help he can get, and Tua got himself an unbelievable weapon in Tyreek Hill. But you know Tyreek Hill's also one giant pain in the ass too. So let's be honest here, right? Uh, based on his personality and everything that he brings to the table on and off the field when he's coming down to South Florida. But what it signals to me is that the Dolphins are serious about you know next year. And we know the Bills are. And the Bills did also add a piece to the puzzle defensively, even though I think Von Miller isn't quite the Von Miller what he was three or four years ago. Nevertheless, then you've got huge improvements made by Cleveland, obviously. Uh, you've still got you know big improvements made well, by Denver. Let's, 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 not, let's not say obviously because we don't know how long the Watson's going to be suspended. Well, that's also true, and, and he, he should be. And I think, uh, I, I think you've got to expect, if you follow the Browns at all, you have to expect that there's going to be some kind of a suspension there just for conduct, conduct unbecoming an NFL football player, right? Yeah, I mean, people are giving them the Browns credit for saying they're going to improve because they got Watson, but... He might not play X amount of games. I could see him missing six games. I could see him missing eight or twelve. <laughs> yeah. I, you, I, 
Roger Goodell has been inconsistent in how he doles out punishment. So you right. can pick any number, John. Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know for sure. For sure, Miguel. Let's let's kind of let's kind of wrap it all up in a, in a neat little bow right here. So, in a perfect world, what do you think the next move for New England right now, as of today, as of the end of March, a month before the draft, what should the next move be? Oh my gosh! If I was, oh my gosh, I would, John. This is going to scare the heck out of Eldridge. Okay, all right, because he's going to hate this. I'd be willing to trade the twenty-first pick out to get another first-round pick in the 23 draft. First-round pick in the 23 draft. So you trade a one cool. this year for a one next year? And something else. And something else. I'd rather, I'd, rather have, I'd rather have two number ones next year than have a one this year. Because I'm confident in Mac Jones. All right? I'd rather build, it gives me a better chance to get young, young talent if I have two number ones, then a 21st pick. Okay. Okay. That, so you, you're asking me what I would do? That's what I would do. Okay. It's crazy, but that's what I would do. <laughs> okay. So even though even though it's liable uh, that you know the free agency may, could be more lucrative for teams and players next year, you'd still invest in the in the in the draft, as we say, or the oh, stock right. market in next year. I would, John. If they were to get, especially. If, if they were to get two number ones next year, right, mm-hmm. and we know that this year's draft, that means that next year's QB draft is going to be much better than this year. That means that first round pick, the, the first one they had out of the two, is going to have a lot, a lot of value. Okay. I would, I mean, I would want to get build as many, get as many young players around Mac Jones, the good young men, as possible. Okay. So you, and you the higher and the, the more first round picks I can. I can get the, the better. So I mean, what we're doing then is we're bringing this whole conversation today full circle, because yeah. that's what that, that's what well, but that's what Robert Kraft said yesterday, yeah. Tuesday when we talked when we heard him, and then that's what we talked about at the very beginning of the show today. That the long the only way he said the only way you can build your team for long term and consistently that you have a good chance of winning is having a good draft. And so we're we're yeah. putting more eggs in that basket. I'm putting more eggs in this basket. Yep. Okay, that's good. Hey. Uh, Miguel, listen, um, I wish you luck with everything. I hope that you can get a, a nibble, a bite from somebody somewhere. Make sure you hit him up at Pat's Cap on Twitter. Send him a direct message if you've got a line and an IT gig. And, uh, and um, uh, Miguel, stay in touch. Let me know how things are going, okay? And if you can afford to do so, go to my pinned tweet and donate to the Hoffman Habit of Humanity. All right? Great idea. Thank you. Great idea. Good to talk to you, my friend. Be well. Bye-bye. You got it. That's the one and only Pat's cap. Oh, my God. I can't believe he got downsized. That's just not right. There's just something sacrilegious about that, isn't there? I mean, really. Especially in these days. Who could do that to Pat's cap? I mean, he's everybody's friend, right? He's like our savior, our hero. He's, he, he, he brings things full circle. He's like, explains it all. He explains the unexplainable. That's how valuable the guy Pat's cap is. Ugh. Bah humbug on his old boss. That's all I got to tell you. All right? Bah humbug. Hey, uh, thanks not only to Miguel Benzan, uh, a.k.a. Pat's Cap. Thanks to Mark Daniels from the Providence Journal. Thanks to Zach Cox from Nesson and 
New England Sports Network and Nesson.com uh, for joining us this month. Uh, our show next month will be the final Wednesday of the month. What's the day on that? Is that the 27th? Yeah, okay. So before that, the draft. Yeah, that's the day before the draft. The NFL draft open is uh, April the 28th, Thursday night, the opening round of the draft. So we will have our next monthly edition of Patriots Playbook the day before the draft on Wednesday, April 27th. And we will go at 2 p.m. Eastern time here on Patriots.com radio. And, and I think at that time we'll have a better idea of need, of want, of desire, of cap room, of all that stuff over the course of the next month. Uh, but what we'll also maybe do next month is maybe we'll do a little prediction contest and see who can come closest to uh, actually pegging what the Patriots will do in the opening round. Something that we can talk about. And we'll do a little draft preview and we'll talk about players that we'd, you know, pie in the sky players we'd love to see and guys that we think are more likely to be available to New England. That kind of thing, uh, which we'll talk about next month. We did that last year, the day before uh, the NFL draft, and had some fun with it. So we'll probably do that again next month. Thanks, everybody, for your patience today. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in, as we always do. And if you have any questions, of course, uh, over the course of the next month before we bring the, the show back again, you can always hit me up on Twitter at JR Broadcaster. That's the Twitter handle, or you can hit up my Facebook page as well at John.Rook, R-O-O-K-E, uh, and we can chit-chat that way. And, um, hey, let's just see how it goes. Look, I think the original premise here is that we're all Patriots fans, and, yeah, we're all kind of waiting to see something here, and I think we're all kind of expecting that, you know, all right, we got a good draft last year, need to have another one this year to take a step forward. And there's some frustration built in here because of what your opposition has done as we open the show with today. Games are not played in March, people, okay? So let's keep some perspective on this whole thing. We get into the summer and things don't change appreciably. All right, then maybe we have other things to talk about. But right now, no. Let's give the draft a shot, shall we? And we'll talk about that next month right here in the playbook. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.